What was your high school prom song? Uh, Soldier Boy. Really? That's the one that I remember. I don't know. There's a lot of. Oh, you mean like, like you my graduating? On. Oh no no. Um, I think it was Dare You to Move. Soldier Boy. <laughs> Soldier Boy, absolutely. Uh, ours was Dare You to Move by Switchfoot. You remember Switchfoot? Yeah, but Switchfoot came out when we were in like middle school. Yeah. So. Dare you to boo? I don't. I don't remember. I, I think it was that one, and I think that everyone was pissed because they were all voting for this other one. That was definitely not a song that should be a graduation song. And I think that, like, the principals decided. Because, like, in every class that I was in, whenever we voted, it was all... uh, My neck, my back. Basically along those lines. It was a very large uh, amount of people that were voting for... um, Something explicit. Exactly. And this this was an AP class, so I can only imagine what was going on in (laughs) any other class. So I was like... I think that you guys made an executive decision because you could not trust the children. Um, there was also... Um, you said what I'm waiting for, and then you're going to turn on the faucet? <laughs> <laughs> We've got Thomas from Let's Talk About Gay Stuff here. Woo! That's a little loud. We're a little hot. <laughs> Spicy. Leave it to the, the, uh, the previous podcasters. Oh. Now it's, now it's soft. This is Turn nice. me back up. Turn no. Me, turn me back up. I just want to yell at people. Oh, yeah. That's better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's better. Um, what was he? Oh, the so my high school was really new. And, like, the year before I went to this high school, the other high school was voting on the mascot and the school colors and – one thing you should always learn is never trust children because they're all terrible. Um, mean-spirited. Mean-spirited human beings. They were trying – the overwhelming majority had voted for uh, hot pink and lime green to be the school colors. And I was kind <laughs> of excited about it. <laughs> I will not lie there. Uh, but then it ended up being black and silver. What kind of boring stuff is that? But we were also the Steel Knights, so. Ooh, Steel Knights. Yeah, but there's – an extra E in there. Because <laughs> you went to David Cassidy Steele High School. No, Byron P. Steele, the second high school. Oh. I don't even know what he's famous for. I think he wrote something one Being time. Somebody named Byron. Yeah, Byron P. Steele. Um, mine was supposed to be that we all had voted. Are you, I feel like you're still bitter about it. I'm angry. So seething. seething. Lo- <laughs> loathing. Um <laughs> Was supposed to be Dance Forever by Chris Brown. Uh-huh. But then he beat his wife. Or he Ooh. beat the Rihanna. Uh, and they were like, you can't have him anymore, so we're going to put... With, don't stop believing. I'm like, just because this was your fucking... <laughs> and just because Glee Club popped in and they were like, oh, Glee. Don't, don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. This is so journey. <laughs> Brings tears to your eyes, no? I'm crying right now, but not because of that. You just always cry. Oh, why would you say that? (laughs) You know I'm trying. (laughs) You know that I'm just really sensitive right now? You've probably never seen it, but there's a a video of Kim Kardashian crying that brings life to my (laughs) moments of darkness. Well, I think we talked about this at some point last night. I don't remember uh, where it was or whether or not we had microphones in front of us, but the video of the Gallison woman... Uh, oh, that that 
That brings a tear to my eye in a very positive manner. It's a chef's kiss moment. The social justice warrior that is inside me just was like, Who's you know me? what? <laughs> You're having a good day. You're having a good day today. Because she got tackled with the floor and said, this is police brutality. And everyone in the bank was like, no, it's not. Yep. Well, that and then uh, Daniel Powders, you had a bad day, was playing in my head during this <laughs> Because you had a bad day. Whoops. <laughs> you can try oh. again tomorrow. Get arrested in toxicity. <laughs> Just keep trying. Are you taking away my rights and this? my free? No. There's another one over there. I don't want this freaking roly-poly that you claim is an armadillo. It's an armadillo. I just don't see it. Some... I don't think. I don't. A red, a red dress and a silver, silver wig. wig. I don't, don't think. think. <laughs> um, iconic. Wow. Um, Bounty Von Boulash. But yes. have you, do you remember the video Prime original YouTube where that lady was stomping grapes and then falls off, and she's like, oh, 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 But it was like, oh, 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 The lady that's in there is just like, oh, we should get a medic. Somebody's got to help her. And I got grapes on my feet, I got grapes on my I drank too much of the wine before I got under this barrel, so. So did she. She fell out. Christine. Christine, classic. To oh, Christine. Yeah. To Christine, classic. Ooh, my hip. There, there's something about these chairs that does not work for you. <laughs> does not not working for me. Uh, also, it might have just been because I've uh, I went running today. Oh mm. my god, which actually feels really great because I have not been running in quite some time. So who was chasing you? Uh, uh, my um fear of inner demons. It, <laughs> The, those two. Uh, my fear of... Um, <laughs> Your thighs? <laughs> I'm just shooting for that thigh gap, okay? <laughs> Do you remember how? Remember the thigh gap? Let's talk about that. I don't think it was ever for men. Mm. I don't think that men can have a thigh gap. Okay, but we're also gay, so... Also, I don't want a thigh gap, and I don't want any man that I'm interested in to have a thigh gap. I don't think I really want anyone big to have a thigh gap. Thighs. Just big, meaty hands. Hey. <laughs> Just like you know, like a smoke brisket where you slap it on, where you drop it on the table and slap it's it. It's just like, boom. yeah, I want yeah. that. Yeah, two of them, just yes. big old slabs of brisket, watermelon that are mm. hollow when you knock on them. Maybe because they're made of wood. <laughs> uh, no, if I had a wooden leg, <laughs> but it was a tree trunk. Yes. That's what I need. Like a California redwood. Oh yes, the, two just of them. Two... I'd, I'd say cut the other one off. I want to. I want to. And then I'd just be like, thump. <laughs> just like thump. walking. Look at me, peasants. <laughs> oh my God. Can I you... wonder if you lose both legs. I don't think you can get a prosthetic if you lose both legs. But if you could, and then you get to choose your own height, what height would you choose? <laughs> Hold on. Now hear me six, out here. Six. <laughs> Are we doing stilts here? Yeah. Uh, because I'm thinking, uh, yeah, I would, I would be very tall. Seven feet. Like this, this, cause my torso is already a weird shape. So I just have like a really You're short. All your body's a weird shape. Exactly. I just look like a weird lumpy potato. Um, just like a weird condensed like torso, but then like four foot tall legs. Massive, just. Tree trunk legs. <laughs> German model. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just be like, ooh, look at these legs. It's all plastic, honey. <laughs> the knees don't bend, <laughs> and that's the way we like it. That's the way we want it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I like 
Yeah, uh, I would like to pursue this topic some more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Delve deeper. I'm just wondering. There are people that are double prosthetic. Yes. So if it's like from the knee down, that's how where you, that's where you got to go. Then you just have massive shins. Just long shins. I feel like that would be more difficult though. Yeah, I think so. But if you <clears throat> I mean they would all take time to get used to. Oh, absolutely. So any stilts. Why would it take any longer people, to get used people to? People on stilts aren't able to to figure that out. So why should I? Why can't I? <laughs> Falling would hurt a lot more. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I was about to say about having California redwoods is your stilts. What happens when you fall? Timber. You fall, you're... <laughs> the bigger you are, the harder you fall. Am I right? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Stupid. Timber. <laughs> you know, hey. swing, swing your partner round and round. Do-si-do -do no, until no. you drown. No, no. You got to sing the Kesha song. I think this is actually a Pitbull song. Timber. I mean, on Timber. It's going down. I'm yeah. yelling timber. That was Keisha. I'm sorry, Keisha's. Key dollar sign ha. Key, just, key dollar sign ha's first um, debut, wasn't it? No. It was kind of it. No. It was like kind of. No. Yeah. No. Because that came out in 2011, and at that point she'd already released two albums. So. <laughs> no, she was on something else. No. Ecstasy. No. She, she was on the 303 song back in high school, 2008. Yeah, I know, but there was another... My uh, first kiss goes a little like this. And <laughs> You're like... You leave. He, he, is that not how you kiss? No? No. Anybody? Just me? Have you ever... Have you ever kissed someone before? My cut... <laughs> My Aunt Shelly... <laughs> And she said it was not great. It was not great. And she also said, why are you in my house? Also, who are you? And it wasn't actually my aunt. I don't know. Even know who. I, I hope I don't sound ridiculous, but I don't, I don't know, know who, who that lady is. <laughs> she could be walking down the street. I wouldn't know a thing. Sorry to this woman. I, I, I don't know her. And it's Condoleezza Rice. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd be like, who's that? Who's that? There's some secret service people following her. Does she know that? Yeah. I'd be like, oh my god, it's kind of Lisa Rice, but then it's just some woman. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm just trying to have a good time to pay less. <laughs> At the gay bars. Oh my god, there's a gay bar by my house. Really? Yeah. It's crazy. It's Way up boots. there in, what? It's Neon Boots. No, it's not that close. What is it called? Uh, La Granja? La Granja? I don't know. I don't, I don't. Is there an H? No, it's a J. La Granja. La Granja. La Granja. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Laganja. No, it, there's an R in there. Oh, okay. Because at first when I drove by, I was like, Lagan? Laganja's here? <laughs> what are you doing, Laganja? You, you have a club in Houston? <laughs> what, what are you doing here? And I, it's not good. Well I, well, I have not been inside, so I do not know. It's how good. Viviana's. It is definitely like a very, um, it's small. Looking One room. From the outside. They don't have a liquor license, so you have to buy a pop, and then they give you liquor. And they're like, do you want service? What would you like with your Coca-Cola? Coca-Cola's code for beer. rum. Oh, <laughs> beer. Beer. Um, no, but I'm excited to uh, get my second vaccine and to go there sometime. Yeah, fuck you. Because stupid. I got my first vaccine and oh. I have to go back to Angleton on April 7th. It's April 7th. 7th. At the same time. 
At the same time, why is this on? What What are you doing? Um, yeah, but I'm excited about it. Do you? Do, do I don't know what I was gonna ask. Do you Did th- I get a vaccine yet? No. <laughs> no. But I'm angry. I already know the answer to that. So I didn't ask. Um, <gasps> email. Are you? It could be. It could be a vaccine. This could be it. <laughs> um, Discover card. Oh, the worst. Um, do you? Do you just feel like a little bit of excitement knowing that like this summer could be like slightly more normal? Um. Yes, but it won't be the same as it was for me. Oh yeah, because you had major life changes in the past year. So I besides mean, just COVID, like yeah, let's take the <clears throat> girls down to the bar for your uh, Sunday, 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 Sunday with the Eagle. <laughs> Is that not? Can they not? Are I'm they not in? Sure that's illegal. Is they, are they not in? Allowed in here? I'm like, oh, they're 21. <laughs> <laughs> um, sir, I don't think. Are you? Uh, excuse me. Are you making fun of a little person? <laughs> How dare you? I'll have you know the Americans with Disabilities Act of 1962. I have it right here. Right here. <laughs> I put it on this card. I've laminated it. It you, also says that I don't have to wear a mask. You, you will let these girls in here. <laughs> and they're like, fine, but they're not getting a drink. And I'm like, just one. It is fine. This is it's fine. No, no. <laughs> uh, oh, fine. Okay. We'll have a Shirley Temple with a shot of rum. Can I have a shot of rum for just, just me? me? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'll have I'll have a gin and tonic, and they'll have some O'Doul's. But it's not a, just Dosakis, not O'Doul's. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you know one thing that I did not learn, did not know as a child for the longest time until Where babies come from? I still don't know. I don't care to learn. Um, do you want to play with? <laughs> I don't want your roly poly. Uh, <laughs> breaks in half. Um, I did not know that Shirley Temples were alcoholic beverages because we used to get them as like a treat whenever we went out, and it's basically just Sprite and cherry juice, um, with some cherries in it. And I, I remember because I was a very sassy, independent child from the get go. Uh, so I'd be like, I'm gonna order my own stuff. I do remember there was one instance at a restaurant. I don't remember where we were at, but it was kind of a fancy restaurant. And they were going around ordering alcoholic beverages for the adults. And so they asked me like what I wanted. And I was like, I'm gonna have a Shirley Temple. And the the waiter was like, <laughs> and then uh, I think someone was like, yeah, a virgin Shirley Temple, because they obviously could tell that this waiter was quite confused about it as a little twelve year old gay boy asking for a Shirley Temple. It's like, give me my freaking Shirley Temple, okay? I'd like a pomelo soda. <laughs> Can I have a... Shut up, you gay Tequila on a rocks, please. Uh, <laughs> Hi, I'd like a virgin gin and tonic. So just the tonic Just the tonic. No. No, with lime. <laughs> so get it right, okay? <laughs> Smacks over the table. Yeah. As a 12-year-old, fuck you! <laughs> How did you have the strength to flip over the table? I was really... You were a really hefty child. <laughs> I worked out like crazy as a 12-year-old. I wore size 12 Huskies. <laughs> uh, no, they were the carpenter pants, and I wore size 30. <laughs> they were actually young men in the smallest size, and I had to hem them I was seven inches. A massive child, okay? <laughs> you remember that meme about that big baby? <laughs> the one that was like 80 pounds? <laughs> I think it was like a three-year-old. It had to have been like a three-year-old. And it came out looking like that. But why did they shave a three-year-old's head? Uh, also, how did the woman survive? Where is the where, mama? Where is the body? What happened? I need to know. 
Oh, honestly. God. Um, I think we need to talk about spoopy things because I have a lot. Oh, do you? I got, I got a lot. You got a lot, a lot of stuff. A lot, okay. a lot, a lot. A lot of stuff. Okay. Well, uh, then you want to do a commercial? Uh, or do you want me to do a commercial? Yeah, let's let you do it because I don't have it. Oh, okay. Well, that's. I have it, but I haven't pulled it up. I have it, but like I don't, I don't have it. I'm just good like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not very good at my job. <laughs> well, I'm running the whole thing, so <laughs> oh, okay. why don't you just stop talking to me? Because a recent Gallup poll shows that Americans have reported feeling stress, worry, and anger at the highest levels in over a decade. While we're growing more and more aware of the effects of stress on our bodies and minds, we may not have considered the effects that our stress can have on our pets. According to studies, there is a synchronization between stress hormones in humans and their dogs. If you are a dog parent, you probably know that your pup is very good at reading your body language and can quickly pick up on how you're feeling. We're always working to reduce our own stress in any way that we can, but what about the anxiety we may have passed on to our dogs? Big Bones has a solution. CBD has been shown to help reduce stress and anxiety in both humans and dogs. And Big Bones has your dog covered. Made from organic, human-grade ingredients and full-spectrum hemp oil, their bones may offer some relief to your anxious pup. Check out BigBones.com for more information on CBD for dogs and other benefits it may provide. Big Bones offers free shipping on all orders over $25, and you can save 15% using promo code SPOOPY15. SPOOPY15. Big Bones is an LGBTQ-owned and operated and is based in Houston, Texas. Baked Bones proudly donates 10% of all profits to no-kill shelters in the U.S. Need your bones ASAP or want to support small businesses? Baked Bones are now available at Man Ready Mercantile in Houston Heights or Man Ready Mercantile on South Congress in Austin. Baked Bones! You stupid I made it back right in time. I tried to go fast so that you wouldn't make it. (laughs) I wanted to read really fast. Just get through all of it. You just want to do it all by yourself so that I you are the only center of attention? Uh, I already am. Um, I interrupt you all the time, so... Yeah, I f- know Trixie. Mm. Are you the Trixie? And I'm the Katya? But um, except I'm the funny one. Are you saying that Katya's not funny? No, Katya is... <laughs> See, I'm the funniest of both of them. You're just like... You're Fina Barbatol in the back as the personal assistant, but you interrupt. You're Fina, but with the interruptions, and I'm... Trixie and Katya for the funny. Um, no. Well, how do you feel about that? I, Let me know I what you think. With it. I think that I interrupt like Trixie, but I definitely have more of a Katya vibes. I don't think so. I would agree so. I have the more... Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and say that I'm talented enough to agree with myself here. Well, I don't need you to do anything. This is, we're actually just talking about me right now. <laughs> Uh, I have the uniqueness, we'll say, of Katya. Okay. I like the unique things. And you're like, I like plants. Oh, you want me to tell you about plants? Here, I got another thing. Um, So I have three citrus plants and nine plants all together in big pots. And it's throwing me off because I need need four citrus plants all next to each other because they have the similar leaves. So I'd like them all to be next to each other. So I think I need another citrus plant. And so if I get one more citrus plant, then I'll have four citrus plants and ten plants all together, even numbers, all the way around. How about kumquats? I thought about kumquats. So I can call you a quat. Uh, But also I thought... I've already gone exotic with figs and guavas. Why not get a pomelo? How fun Why is that? Why don't you go even more basic and get an apple? Uh, it's not a citrus. I don't know that you can grow apple trees in containers. How about a grapefruit? 
I thought about grapefruit too, but yeah, I guess grapefruit would work. Do you like grapefruits? No, I'm not a huge grapefruit fan. I don't actually like grapefruit fan. Well, I like grapefruit white claw. <laughs> oh, I don't like grapefruit white claw. Um, you want a white claw? Yeah, let me go get some. Okay. Um, well, I'm just gonna keep talking about plants. Then. Um, so then I talked to my friend Alyssa, and she's like, "Well, why not just get?" Because uh, then I was like, "Oh, I could also get an, a blood orange." So I've got blood orange, grapefruit, and possibly pomelo. She's like, "Get all three. and I'm like, "Do not encourage this. Do not encourage this because it will happen. Because then if I get all three, hear me out, then I'd have six citrus plants and twelve plants altogether. That's a perfect dozen right there. Did I leave a ring anywhere? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so sassy. Uh, so that's my really, really difficult dilemma, dilemma, dilemma that I'm in. Dilemma, because it makes me question: What am I doing with my life that it's only filled with excitement about plants? Let me tell you what excites me. Uh huh. So uh, I've decided. Oh, have you? That I want to start naming the appliances in the house. I think you already have, because I did hear a person who is of younger ages earlier trying to remember names of appliances. Yes, yes. They yes. chose names. Yes. I don't really think that they're good. Bimini. Because they're like, Duncan. And I'm like, mm. no, Dharma. Mm. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. With three H's. Yes. I don't know where they're at, but they're in there. Uh, Denise. Uh-huh. With seven Y's. D Y that starts with a Y. D oh, yeah, Y D Y. <laughs> Denise. N N S I S S. No, Y I Y S Y S Y S Y S. Uh-huh. Denise. Period. <laughs> period. The, the period has to be in there. Has to be in there. That's how I'm gonna start spelling my name and things. Yeah. Spencer. Period. Period. Uh, is was here today. Spencer. Period, period. Was here, but was you have to have a lowercase w. Do yes. not capitalize <laughs> no. that. You you have to pull a uh what's the generation Gen Z Lord uh, where they don't capitalize anything because let me tell you trying to talk to the younger folks on any dating app is quite difficult because I've been made fun of three times three times by guys who are like younger than twenty five. Uh, because, and that's only three years younger than me. That's not even like a large age gap there. Um, and they're like, you're a millennial. And I'm like, listen, the, the, they say that the they way they go all the way back to 81. <laughs> exactly. The, they say that the way that they can tell that I'm an older style of texter is that I use certain emojis. Oh, the crying emoji. Yeah, sure. Laughing and crying emoji instead of the skull emoji. Uh, I use gifs as opposed to reaction pics. Apparent. I don't have time to What's scroll. What's a reaction pic? You take a picture yourself? No, it's like sc screenshots or like moments of videos as opposed to sending a gif. So we've we've gone retroactive here. Instead of sending a a little short video of of what your reaction is, it's just a picture. Isn't that wild? <laughs> That's wild. I don't understand why. Just That's use even gifts. more difficult. It's, There's a button for GIF on your phone. Thank you. It's so much more difficult. And I'm like, do you just have folders of like they react? Do. And they say yes. They say that they full on have pictures of like reaction pictures. And then the third thing was that I capitalize words. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any time for that. I do not have time to be sitting here trying to correct my phone to not capitalize anything. 
I'm gonna be like, either you want to have sex with me or not. Do you want to have sex with me or not? Like, and their answer on. is no. <laughs> and then they ghost me and they just stop talking to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you're like, hey, and they're like, dead emoji, dead emoji. <laughs> skull, skull, skull. Like, uh, you no. still trying to make this happen? I had one guy got really sassy with me because, like, last two weekends ago, I was really busy with. No, I guess it was last weekend. Well, the weekend before, too. I was really busy with uh, moving and, like, cleaning and all that shit. So, like, I was not as responsive, like, on text messages. So then, like, two days later, I texted him, and I was like, hey. And, like, he was just, like, super short with me. And I was like, uh, hello. And so then I was like, oh, yeah, I'm done moving. He's like, good job. Good night. And then it was like, and then never talked to me again. I'm like, my response to that is... Why did you bother responding if you're going to be that way? That's exactly my thought. And I was like, sir, I don't need this negative energy in my life. Uh, I don't need to be chasing you. And I'm not about to beg for your attention, attention, especially since we haven't actually ever met. So, like, if this is already the attitude sassiness that I'm getting, I don't need those. <laughs> like, I understand that I was busy and it sucks that I didn't respond. Sorry. But when you know that I'm dealing with a whole bunch of shit... That could be a level of understanding that, you know, maybe needs to be looked at and understood a little bit more. Uh, but no, absolutely not. So you're meeting him this Friday. And then we're going to hook up. We're married. <laughs> we're getting married. Uh, no, I also have to remember, uh, love yourself when you're dating. When you're trying to date people, love yourself first. Because uh, I had to remember this time last year or the before the, the pandemic, I was seeing um, a fuckboy essentially and i just remember like how many times that i'd go over to his house and have sex with them and then he would be like well basically tell me how to lose weight and i was like um you were just inside me <laughs> do you need to be telling me that i need to lose weight because either way you did your business so why do you need to uh why do i need to lose weight for this my question though mm -hmm. did you employ any of those techniques uh no. <laughs> Surprisingly. Surprisingly, no. I I continue to drink alcohol. Uh, I continue to eat bread and cheese. Um, and stop eating bread and cheese? Kill yes. Him. Fuck that. Absolutely not. Is he a paganist? D I have no idea. Ma'am, I have to say, I do not know this Is man. he a... I, I, I love that people would be like, is he a communist? I'm going to switch it around. Is he a capitalist? Is he a capitalist? Ugh, not in my gay dollars. Mm. Not with my gay... I need to not break. in this gay economy. I used to say that a lot, like, a year and a half ago, and then since the since the uh, Pen Dolce started... The what? You said what? Not my gay dollars. I have never heard you say that. I have said it so much. I have never heard it's, you say it's that. It's my catchphrase. No. No, I never said it? No. Okay, so if you listen to this podcast a year and a half ago, let us know if I ever said not my gay dollars. Was that ever a, a Chris White-ism? Was it ever a Chris White catchphrase? Not my gay dollars. I don't know what kind of acid trip you're having right now, but that never happened. I took a molly before I came here. Wow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would make sense why your eyes are in the back of your head. Just Full ass, like, rolled, like, oh! uh, You've yeah. been speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I mean, I was talking to children earlier, earlier today. Just <laughs> random children Yeah, that I I'm found never... on the streets. Excuse me? I, 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 well-clothed and well-fed. 
They got cucumbers today, okay? They did. Cucumbers! And they don't want to eat them. But and they them. got the same amount. Because I heard that yelled a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of them is like, I love mac and cheese. It's my favorite food. They've got her mac and cheese today. She's like, I don't want to eat it all. Um, this is your favorite food. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you that the amount of times that that happened to my mom uh, from four different children all at the same time is ridiculous. Uh, my older brother used to absolutely love chicken parmesan; was his favorite meal. Uh, mom used to make it just for him, like for f- for him. And then there was one time he was just like, "Yeah, I don't really like it that much." And she was like, "I've been making this for like three from the three outside. years." For you to eat this. And then, like, my little brother, one popular meal in our family was chicken fingers, uh, where you cut up, like, little slices. No, you go to the chicken and pull (laughs) off the fingers. And they're like, ooh, give me those fingers. Ooh, look at those little silly fingers. (laughs) (laughs) And the chicken's like, ah, fuck fuck you. Uh, Maybe you cut, like, a tender or uh, uh, whatever, and you batter it and fry it. That was, like, the meal in our household. Everyone fucking loved it, and we'd eat shit tons of it. It was amazing. Uh, and then all of a sudden, my little brother was like, yeah, I don't like chicken fingers. And my mom was like, why? What? What is happening? Uh, I was the opposite. I used to be like, I don't like broccoli. I hate broccoli. I don't like anything with broccoli. Broccoli is one of my favorite vegetables now. I love broccoli. <laughs> I am so into broccoli. I'm into cauliflower as well. I love do not cauliflower. like cauliflower. I... No matter how hard I try, there was there was one recipe that I cooked when I was in college that was uh, I made um, uh, cauliflower mashed potatoes. Tasted fantastic. I have never once been able to get my cauliflower mashed potatoes to be that taste again. I don't know if I added way too much butter or too much cheese that just like made it actually taste good and not like cauliflower and not healthy anymore. But it was fantastic, and now it's disgusting, and I cannot do it. Uh, cauliflower rice only works for me if I can cook it into a sauce of some sort. So there are two recipes that I like it a lot in. is my paleo jambalaya and my cauliflower um, uh, coconut curry. Did you put Italian dressing in those? <laughs> I swear to God. If I get red for this fucking Italian dressing one more time, I'm going to lose it. I will scratch the steak. You, <laughs> you already did. <laughs> I, I think my brother did that to my mom, but I never did because I've always loved shepherd's pie. Yeah. Shepherd's pie is my favorite mm-hmm. all the time, anytime. Love shepherd's pie. Yeah. You've cooked it for me like three times. I love shepherd's pie. And I've only known you for like 20 half minutes. a year. <laughs> okay. I was giving you a little bit more, but. <laughs> this podcast has been a figment of your imagination. Where am I? <laughs> uh, episode Hell. 96. What the fuck? You're in hell. Uh, yeah, I feel that. It tracks. You ready to talk about spooky stuff? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were Who's supposed to do that a long time ago. Do we know? Uh, you go first. I think. Oh, good. Did I go first last week? I went I first last idea. week. What did I talk about last week? Hold on. Please hold. I'm pretty sure I put Chris's topic on the thing. <laughs> oh, no! I don't know! I did don't you know. just say Chris's topic? You're such a bitch. <laughs> I no. don't remember. No. Um, please hold. Play some elevator music. Oh, yeah. I, I can do this. I've been training. Yes, because episode 94, I did cryptids, and I went second. Last week, I went first with Luis Garavito, and now I'm going second again. Yes. Yes, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Here we are. We've got it. We figured it out. We've got it. We solved the issue here. I'm going to really disappoint you. Are you? You said it was long. 
No, disappointed is in you're going to feel bad after this. Oh, uh, is it because we were what we were talking about earlier? No, it's just it's really bad. Is it as bad as that one topic that I thought I was going to research about that girl in in Japan? Yes. Oh. Here, here. And I told you I wasn't going to do it, but I think at some point I'm going to, but I just mm. like couldn't do it at the time. Mm. That's some rough shit. This is not as bad as that one. Yeah, that that was. This is bad, but it's not as bad as that one. Well, you did a, one similar in Japan too. Yeah. Mm. It was. It was. Oof. Woof. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. Anyway, Alyssa Edwards. Girl. Is that too Roxy? Is that too mean, Roxy? <laughs> is that too mean, Roxy? <laughs> So I'm going to talk about Sylvia Marie Likens. <gasps> I don't know her. <laughs> She's from Indiana, so I think that um, maybe Nick knows her. Oh, let me ask. Uh, she was born in 1949. I think so. It was around the same time as Nick's me. like a vampire, right? Mm. He was born in like Not a vampire, he's ago. just an old person. He was born 300 years ago. Yes, yeah, he's, he's quite, quite very, 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 very My old, 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 old oldest old. friend. Who is this? Naomi smells. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she looks good for her age. Three hundred ninety-six. Three hundred ninety-six. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it Sylvia... was Agatha all along. You don't get that. Never mind. Continue. No. no Agatha no. Christie. No. I have a lot of those books. Uh, uh, Agatha Harkness. Doesn't ring any bell. No. Nothing. Okay. Well. Um, <laughs> so uh, Sylvia was the third of five children born to carnival workers. Um. <laughs> She is was born between two sets of fraternal twins, um, and uh, how are you born between two? F- oh no, I got it. She's the middle child. Two sets of twins. Fraternal. I thought you were telling me like one child was born that was a twin, and she was. It, she, then she came out, and then another twin. <laughs> that's what that was. For some reason, it that's was where triplets, mind, but she wasn't I, related to them. <laughs> that's where I thought my my mind went immediately. Immediately, I was like, wait, how the fuck? How the fuck? That means they're triplets, you dumb bitch. No, 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 no. 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 She's not part. She was wholly different fetus. Born differently than the other fraternal twins that were already different from each other. Like an adjacent womb. <laughs> Just like weird coincidence. I don't know. Like two pregnant ladies on the table together. One twin is born. Other lady has the baby. Other twin is born. Yes. And then they all give it to the one woman. Yes. And this is now your child. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. Yep. That's how hospitals work. <clears throat> My mom always wondered uh, if I was switched at birth. Uh, because I was the only kid that she was asleep for, uh, and she was like, "I I want to I want to know." And then we did our DNA test, and we all ended up being related. And I was like, "Can't get rid of me." <laughs> Sorry. And she's like, "Nice try, but <laughs> nice try, Patty. But you're stuck. You're stuck with me. You're you are in the chair, Patty. You are. You are." <laughs> um. So Sylvia was born. Um. There's not really a whole lot of stuff about her childhood except um she. Lost a tooth as a child, uh, an adult tooth. Oh, playing with um, her brother, so she was missing one of her friends. I was teeth. like, "Girl, we all did." Yeah. Oh, she lost a tooth. Whoa, <laughs> that's traumatic. <laughs> oh, we don't, uh. we, I don't want to say anything bad about this girl. <laughs> oh. So, uh, in June of 1965, uh, Sylvia and her sister Jenny uh, lived Jenny. with their Jenny. Yeah, it's the 60s. From the block. Yeah. Oh, she's around the block. In the 60s, I'm sure Jenny was like, oh, she got one of them newfangled names. Oh, it's Mackenzie uh, with a Y and a K. Oh, bitch. She got real fancy, didn't she? Um, so they lived in Indianapolis with their parents. Uh, on July 3rd, their mother was arrested and subsequently jailed for shoplifting. 
Um, and then after that, her father arranged for his daughters to board with Gertrude Banaszewski. Oh, Gertrude. Mixing the young names like Jenny with the old names like Gertrude. You Gertrude is Gertie. an old woman. Yeah. So. That's what the girls were like. Some children were like, we want to get a dog. What would we name it? I was like, what would you name the dog? And then they were like. Duncan. They're like, Star. And I'm like, how about Gertrude? <laughs> no. No. Because if there's a dog with me in this house, it's going to have an old name. Oh, yeah. yeah. Eleanor. Uh, do you like Squeaky or Bertha? Oh. Bertha. Bertha's good. I said Beverly, and they were like, okay. Yeah. Beverly was the like the one. Annabelle, but you're not shortening it to anything. It has yeah. to be Annabelle all the time. Mm-hmm. There, there's no you can't call her Annie or Anne or, or Belle. Belle. You yeah. it has to be or Annabelle. or or you Nibi, can make it longer. Neba. <laughs> what? <laughs> neb. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> if I did name it Annabelle, I'd be like, like the only short name for this is Neb. Neb. <laughs> Uh, oh, my dog's name is Neb. Oh, yeah. What's it short for? Annabelle. Annabelle. <laughs> what? They're like, Neb, it's short for like nebulous or something science no, no, Annabelle. Annabelle. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. I just realized Trudy is short for Gertrude. What is Judy short for? My aunt? Judith. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Judy with the D in front, right? <laughs> It's Judy. <laughs> hey, don't make fun of my dead aunt, okay? Judith with a D. In front. <laughs> Judith. Okay, 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 okay. Focus. Um, so Gerth- Gertrude. Stop. Gertrude was the mother of two girls with whom the sisters had recently become acquainted with while studying at Arsenal Technical High School, Paula and Stephanie Banaszewski. Um, at the time of the boarding agreement, Gertrude assured Lester that she would care for his daughters until... Lester! I love that name, That's too. That's a good name, too. That's uh, a good dog name. <laughs> that is a good dog name. Mm-hmm. Lester. Um, until they were to return, um, as if they were her own children. I didn't even know these names of people that you mentioned. So <laughs> We've got Gertrude, we've got Jenny from the block, and... Jenny and Sylvia are Sylvia, sisters yes. that are going to live with Gertrude. Yes. Forget about Lester, it's not really important. Okay, great. Um, uh, shortly after the 4th of July holiday, the sisters moved into 3850 East New York Street in order for their father, uh, in order for their father and later their mother to travel to the East Coast with a carnival. They were carnival folks. Yeah, but also, this is now, what, the 60s? Uh-huh. And, uh, are carnival people living in indianapolis mm-hmm. who are now traveling to the east coast to be like that's where we're going that's where the money's gonna be made going to the city <laughs> the big city this is not the 1860s this is the 1960s yes 1860s i feel like maybe you could have made some money off of this shit but mm, this is 1960 well they've got some elephants and some lions and doing some crazy shit don't think they've got that i don't think so either um I- <laughs> if they're if it's a carnival from indianapolis I also think it says carnival, but it might be just like, we're going for the summer holiday to sell hot dogs on the beach or something. Yeah, which that is a thing. I mean, shirts always had their giant 4th of July jubilee that was up for like three weeks. Uh, And that was technically considered a carnival where it was like scary rickety rides that were put together in 15 minutes minutes. a man with one screwdriver. And uh, a seventh grade education. So, yeah. Uh, so uh, the understanding that Gertrude would receive weekly boarding fees of twenty bucks to care for both daughters until they returned to collect them. Twenty bucks in the sixteen? Uh huh. Damn. In November of the same year, 
Uh, so during the initial weeks, Sylvia and Jenny resided with the Banasuskis. The sisters were subjected to very little discipline, discipline or abuse. Uh, Likens regularly sang along with pop records with Stephanie. Um, she willi willingly participated in housework at the Banasuski residence. Uh, both girls also regularly attended Sunday school with the Banasuski children, uh, with the pastor commanding, uh, commending Sylvia's piety. Uh, through oh, she's so pious. 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 Um, although Lester Likens had agreed to pay Gertrude 20 bucks a week, uh, he did it for two weeks, and then they started to arrive late. Mm. Um, oh, not making that carnival money? Yeah. Where's that carnival money? I know. Uh, so in response, Gertrude began venting her frustrations uh, on the sisters. Okay. By beating them on the butt. Mm. Bare butt with various instruments, including a quarter-thick, quarter-inch-thick paddle uh, with statements like, Quote, well, I took care of you two little bitches for a week for nothing. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because this is, this is the kid's fault. Yeah, it's the kid's fault that they're not making money. Yeah. On one occasion in late August, both girls were beaten approximately 15 times on the back with the paddle after Paula had accused the sisters of eating too much food at a church supper. Um, so f free food at the church. They ate too much, so they got beat for that. Yeah, my mom loved free food, or even buffet. It was like, oh yeah, I paid $7 for this. Eat as much as you can so you don't eat anymore at my house. <laughs> Please go eat food. Your mom with the fork. Um, also, let's talk about something for a second. There's a CeCe's Pizza right around the corner from my house. CeCe's Pizza is not great, but it is cheap, and I get a lot of pizza. So, Oh, so you've been. Already. I have not been yet. But I will be. As soon I'm as this, that second shot. I was going to say, after this panini's done, I will definitely be the over there. They have paninis around? Uh, I think so. Oh. Just ask them to fold the pizza in half. <laughs> Actually, that's one thing that I have learned at CeCe's is don't be afraid to ask for your own fucking pizza because they will bring it to you when it's free. So do it. You want some fresh-ass pepperoni pizza? Be like, oh, yes, honey, I'd like some pepperoni pizza. Go get yourself a little salad to start with if you want that. Uh, I would never eat the salad at that I, place. Always do. But also, it was always my excuse to just get a lot of ranch dressing on my plate. Because I was like, oh, yeah, I had some salad. But now I'm just going to, like, dabble, di di dip my pizza in this uh, remaining ranch dressing, which was always a giant puddle. Bowl yeah. of ranch. Uh, and then I was like, why the fuck do I need to do that? I just want some ranch. Because they had that good ranch. You know, there's different places have good soda and bad soda. Some places have good ranch and bad ranch. CeCe's Ranch is always on point. You know, um... The honey mustard that was at the salt grass when I was a child was so delicious. I don't like honey mustard. I love honey mustard. Well, that's choices. I also love Thousand Island dressing. You're a shitty human being. No. There are not a thousand islands anywhere. Indonesia. <laughs> Indonesia. The Philippines. Do you know about the Philippines? Oceania. <laughs> that's a lot of... <laughs> That's a very broad brush that you just painted with. Yeah. That includes Australia. It's an island. <laughs> so is every continent, technically. Exactly. <laughs> so fuck you, Chris. So shut up and let me tell my story. Um, so uh, by mid-August of 1965, Gertrude had begun to focus her abuse mostly exclusively on Sylvia, with her primary motivation likely being jealousy of her physical experience. And potential. According so to... So she was pretty, and she was like, fuck you. Yeah. Um, 
According to testimonies, the abuse was initially inflicted upon Sylvia after she and Jenny had returned to the Banaszewski residence from Arsenal Technical High School, as well as on weekends. During the initial abuse, uh, it, it included subjecting Likens to beatings, starvation, forcing her to eat leftovers or spoiled food out of garbage cans. Aww. On one occasion, Likens was accused of stealing candy that she had actually purchased herself. Um, uh, Sylvia would do uh, babysitting or uh, running errands for people, and, yeah. and she would get money, money for, for that. Um, on a, a, a other occasion in late August, Likens was subjected to humiliation when she had claimed to have a boyfriend in Long Beach, whom she had met in the spring of 1965 when her family lived in California. In response... No, her, her family came back? To Indianapolis. Wow. But then... That same year. They moved to Indianapolis in 1965 mm -hmm. from California. And then immediately, like two months after, they were like, go stay with this woman. Yeah. But then how did she get a boyfriend in Long Beach? This is before. Oh. Okay. Because <laughs> they lived there before. Oh. Okay. Um, in response, Gertrude had asked if she had ever done anything with a boy. To which Likens, who was not sure what she had meant, replied, I guess so. Uh, and offered that she'd gone skating with boys and went to a park on the beach with them. Uh, continuing the conversation with the, uh, with Stephanie and Jenny, Sylvie also mentioned that she had once lain under the covers with a boyfriend. Ooh. Uh, upon hearing this. In the this, 60s. Ooh. Well. Honey. She still does not she didn't know elicit any of this. Yeah. Gertrude asked, why did you do that, Sylvia? And Sylvia said, I don't know. And then several days later, Gertrude brought the subject back up, telling her, you're certainly getting big in the stomach, Sylvia. It looks like you're going to have a baby. Ugh. Likens thought Gertrude was kidding and said, yeah, it sure is getting big. I'm going to have to watch what I'm eating and go on a diet. However, then Gertrude said uh, the other... Uh, girls in the house whenever they did something with a boy they would be sure to have a baby so she then kicked sylvia in the genitals oh boy uh paula the daughter who was uh, or gertrude who was also overweight uh was also three months pregnant was jealous of her uh, physical appearance and then participated in attacking sylvia knocking her off her chair into the floor shouting you ain't fit to sit in a chair quote uh on another occasion what, what? She pushed her out of the chair and said, yeah, you're not yeah, to sit in the chair. But, like, why? Because she was jealous. Because she was pregnant. Jesus Christ. On another occasion, as the family ate supper, Gertrude, Paula, and a neighborhood boy named Randy Gordon Lepper force-fed Likens a hot dog overloaded with stuff, like mustard and ketchup and other stuff, uh, and then food, mm -hmm. at least, for this point. Likens vomited as a result and was later uh, forced to eat her vomit. That's disgusting. Mm -hmm. Oh, it gets worse. Why, why are... What is happening? In this... Yeah. There's no telling what these and the, fucking devils were thinking. Yes. Also, how old was she again when she... 16. No, no. When she first came under the wing of Gertrude. 16. Oh, okay. She's still 16. Okay. This is months. Okay. We haven't even gone past three, two months. But I feel like back in the, the 1960s, uh, I don't know. I'm just thinking like a series of unfortunate events here. They were waiting for, uh, what was it, a Violet Beauregard or whatever her name was to uh, become 
18. So I thought it was 16. Because she was 14, right? I thought she was supposed to be 16 to be able to do whatever. Maybe it was it. No, I thought it was 16. No, I don't remember. I think it was. I think she was 14. Regardless, was why are you bringing this up? I'm just saying, because at this point she's 16, why can't she just like be like, uh, I don't need my parents. I'm out doing deuces, doing my own thing. She doesn't really know what to do. I guess so. Valid um, point. Uh, like in Sylvia's only reaction of a retaliation uh, against the Banaszewskis was that she spread a rumor at the high school that Stephanie and Paula were uh, prostitutes. Good. Uh, she did this because Stephanie she was... and Paula are Gertrude's daughters. Yes. She was <clears throat> upset with the household singling her out for being a prostitute, mm-hmm. calling her a prostitute and a whore at home. Yeah. Um, at school, Stephanie was jokingly propositioned by a boy who told her that Stephanie, Gertrude's daughter, mm. was propositioned by a boy who said that Sylvia had uh, said that she was a whore, or a prostitute, and asked, how much How much do I have to pay you? Um, and then Stephanie asked Sylvia about the rumor, and Sylvia admitted to it, and Stephanie punched her in the face. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, Sylvia apologized, uh, and then Stephanie also cried. But, uh, when Stephanie's boyfriend, 15 year old Coy Randolph Hubbard heard the rumor, he attacked Likens and, uh, Sylvia and slapped her in the face, banged her head against the wall, flipped her backwards onto the floor. Uh, and then Is this the- at school? No, at home. Ugh. And then when Gertrude found out, she used a paddle to beat like Sylvia. On another occasion, Paula beat Sylvia about the face with such force that she broke her own wrist. (laughs) Having primarily focused on the blows upon Sylvia's teeth and eyes. Later, Paula used the cast on her wrist to further beat Sylvia. Hey, my wrist is broken and I'm not supposed to hit it on things. You did this because I hit you you with it. Oh my god. Um, Gertrude would repeatedly falsely accuse Sylvia of being promiscuous and engaging in prostitution delivering rants about how it was filthy she was a filthy prostitute and that women were disgusting um gertrude would later uh occasionally force jenny sylvia's younger sister to hit her and then if she didn't hit her sister she beat her yeah um, so Coy Hubbard, the, the boyfriend of Stephanie and several of his classmates would often go to the Banaszewski house, uh, and physically and verbally beat and torment like uh, Sylvia. Uh, Hey, off- just get your uh, football your bros over here. I don't know if he's in football, but just, I'm just saying like a typical like high school situation, bring all your teammates over and just like beat the fuck out of this girl. Cause it'll really get your anger out mm-hmm. and you're allowed to do it and everything's fine it's all fine you won't get in trouble you won't get in trouble um so they would often uh collaborate like come over and be like okay can can we go beat sylvia and the mom would be like fine let me come with you i'll help um so gertrude would encourage these children to come over and beat sylvia often using her as practice dummies for uh judo sessions holy shit Lacerating her body, burning her skin with lit cigarettes in excess of a hundred times, severely injuring her genitals, uh, to entertain Gertrude and her her little nasty children. Sylvia was uh, forced to strip in the living room and masturbate with a Pepsi bottle. 
Oh my god. A a glass Pepsi bottle. Um, they're doing this to prove what to prove to Jenny what kind of girl Sylvia was. You didn't masturbate with a bottle because mm-hmm. it's to show your sister who you are. Yeah. She didn't what the She's fuck not are you done anything, about? yeah. Uh, Gertrude eventually forbade Sylvia from attending school after she had cont- confessed that she stole a gym suit from the school after Gertrude had refused to pay for the clothing. Mm-hmm. You'd have to, like, rent the school's clothes. She wouldn't give her money to rent the school's clothes. So she so stole she one. So she stole one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bitch, I would have done the same thing. <laughs> um, and then Gertrude whipped her with a three-inch wide police belt for that. Jesus Christ. Where is she getting this shit? I don't fucking know. Gertrude then switched her conversations to the evils of premarital sex before repeatedly kicking her in the genitals. Even though her own daughter is pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Stephanie came to Sylvia's defense saying that she didn't do anything. Gertrude then burned Sylvia's fingertips with matches before whipping her again. Um, a few days after that, Gertrude repeatedly whipped Jenny with a police belt after she stole a single tennis shoe from a school to wear on her strong foot. Strong foot meaning something has happened. She's that... got a bit of a limp. Ooh, is it because of the abuse? <laughs> I think it was before that. Okay. Um, the The sisters were fearful of notifying either family or adults at their school uh, of the incidents because they uh, thought that it would only make it worse. Well... Uh... In the 19... Even fucking now. I'm not even going to say in the 1960s. In the 1960s, they'd call home and be like, Hey, Gertrude, uh, we heard this thing. Is everything okay at home? And she'd be like, Yeah, what's, yeah. The, what's the problem? What happened? Who what, said? So, oh, oh, that's so weird. I've never heard any about Something's that. Something's gotten into that girl. Yeah, that's so crazy. And then she would have beat the fuck out of her. Like, yeah. And they would have believed... They'd be like, Oh, okay, just checking in. Like, no big deal. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. Even uh, now, that's exactly what victim blaming is. Is and we have Stockholm syndrome, which is a major situation uh, where it's like, I want to even rapists. Uh, uh, people rape victims are like, oh, I don't want to talk about this or don't bring it up because they're afraid of the repercussions of what can happen. Like, it's insane because ju- the justice system is so flawed that you go and tell this, this is my story. This is what happened. No matter what evidence you have or what you've told people it's going nowhere so like i don't know i'm yeah. fed up with the justice system <laughs> yeah uh, oh Ooh. honey wait <laughs> honey you're gonna be pissed peeved pissed am i gonna yell probably more than i already am mm-hmm. hold on get it like, what is that what are you doing just doing like what that. is that Oh, that's so. Oh, I that was like that. a good crisp just crack. Like, that was like it wasn't like a swift motion. It was like little like cracks at a time. Like you're just breaking the egg just a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, it's like, and then you just peel the whole thing off. No, what I do is just like <laughs> eggshells and all everywhere. Hey, extra calcium. calcium. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You oh, know yeah. what I'm talking about. Okay, but also, <laughs> uh, you ready for this? Uh, I'm going to start my own composting now. Um, I'm really trying to do it, and Thomas doesn't want to. Why? It smells. Smell. You have to put it like in the far backyard. We don't have a far backyard. <laughs> we'll put it in the corner. By the neighbor's house? <laughs> Not that there. There's no one living over there. There is. <laughs> in this one? What? Put it in the corner. That guy back there is like backed right up to our backyard. 
choices. <laughs> <laughs> hey, your fault. Move your house. Move your house. Uh, no, so I'm planning on starting uh, composting. Uh, but the problem is that uh, eggshells go great in compost, but they're high in calcium, which I learned is not great for certain plants because calcium leaches acidity from the soil so if you have a plant like blueberries that need acidic soil which they are finicky little bitches so i literally had to pour vinegar into the plants to make them more acidic that's crazy right i love vinegar (laughs) oh i love using vinegar for everything it's a cure-all when we were cleaning this last house i kept on like so i'd be like oh how would i clean this like vinegar to be like you want to put vinegar on that yes vinegar on everything put vinegar everywhere vinegar I drink it. And well, she, she, she even said, uh, what, why is this, the vinegar in the spice cabinet? I'm like, she asked like, uh, what did she ask? She asked something like, oh, is vinegar poisonous or something like that? And I was like, I put vinegar in your food sometimes. So I hope not. <laughs> like. I put vinegar in everything. I love vinegar. <laughs> Clean with it. Eat it. Eat it. I've drank it before. I put it in my plants. I don't think I, I don't think I've drank vinegar. Apple cider vinegar. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, I use it for marinades all the time. It gets in there. Vinegar is good, okay? Love vinegar. Vinegar works for everything. Clean shit kills germs, kills mold, kills bacteria, fuels your body, keeps plants alive. Got everything. Nothing wrong with it. Because Houston water is apparently alkaline, and so they were like, if you if you water your blueberries with uh houston water you're just killing them so i'm like okay well i guess i have to put because it's like put uh tablespoons of vinegar in there i just put like a cup of vinegar in like the little two gallon jug that i've got you just take the the vinegar bottle flip it upside down and just here you go here you go little plants yeah yeah basically uh so do 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 our vinegar podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> so in uh july and august both uh lester and elizabeth their parents would occasionally return to indianapolis to visit their daughters whenever their travel schedule would allow them the opportunity on the last occasion uh, lester and elizabeth visited their daughters it was late late august um, neither girl exhibited any signs of visible distress or mistreatment of their to their parents likely because they were both in the presence of gertrude and her children at the time honey no i would have been like yeah this woman is beating me uh absolutely not i'm not dealing with this yeah (laughs) fuck you my parents are here get me somewhere else well i'm sure in the 60s even the parents the parents would probably be like you're being dramatic yeah gertrude doesn't hurt you i don't see any bruises for these children say something like that about me yeah mm-hmm. um so almost immediately after they left uh gertrude turned to sylvia and said quote what are you gonna do now sylvia now they're gone fucking bitch in september the girls encountered their older sister diana shoemaker at a local park both jenny and sylvia informed diane of the abuse they were enduring at the hands of the caregiver adding that sylvia was being specifically targeted for physical abuse almost always for things that she had not done neither sister mentioned the actual address of where they resided and initially diana believed her sisters must be exaggerating no oh shit uh, several weeks before this occasion Sylvia and Jenny had encountered Diana in the same park while in the company of 11-year-old Marie Banaszewski. Uh, Sylvia had been given a sandwich to eat when uh, she had mentioned to her sister that she was hungry. 
Sylvia remained silent about the matter, although Marie revealed this fact to her family in late September. In response, Gertrude accused Likens of engaging in gluttony. So, is Gertrude a largely Christian woman? She's going through me like, gluttony, sin, food, sin, premarital premarital sex, sin, like, girl. Full-on Carrie's mom. Ugh. Uh, Before she and Paula choked and bludgeoned her. Uh, Gertrude, uh, then the pair, uh, put her in a scalding bath to cleanse her of her skin. Gertrude would grab Likens' hair uh, and repeatedly bang her head against the bath to revive her when she fainted because the water was too hot. Holy shit. Yeah. Shortly after the incident, the father of a neighborhood boy named Michael John Monroe phoned Arsenal Technical High School to anonymously anonymously report that a girl with open sores across her entire body was living at the Banaszewski household. Sylvie had not attended school for several days. A nurse visited 3850 East New York Street to investigate the claims, and Gertrude claimed that the nurse claimed to the nurse that Likens had run away from the home the previous week and that she was unaware of her actual And they believed it. She wasn't like, oh, can I like look around or anything like that? Gertrude said she was out of control and that her open sores were a result of her refusal to maintain personal hygiene. (sighs) Gertrude further claimed that Likens was a bad influence on her own children and her sister and the school made no further investigations into Likens' welfare. Fuck that! Fuck it. The immediate neighbors of the Banazuski. The reason why I say that is, sorry to interrupt again, but the reason why I said that is because uh, anytime that like a teacher for some reason would mark me as absent, even though I had like an excuse absent in at school, they would call my house multiple times and be like, why isn't your kid in school? What's going on here? Do you have any problems at home? What's good? Like full on deep investigation on a flawed missing absence, even though like I was out for band or, you know, some, something like that. No, the school had crazy. Just like, we need to figure out what's going on here. We need to, what, why are they not in school? I'm not getting paid for this. they're They're obligated to. Exactly. Oh, my God. But this is 1965. Exactly. Um, So uh, the family next door, Raymond and Phyllis Vermillion, knew uh, they would watch Gertrude and saw that she was a decent caregiver um, on two occasions when the girls had been under Gertrude's care. um, They witnessed Paula physically abusing Likens, so the older daughter abusing Sylvia on both occasions, uh, Sylvie had a black eye mm-hmm. and was openly uh, Paula would openly uh, boast about how she um, mistreated the girls upon their second to visit to the neighbor to the neighbors uh-huh. Uh-huh, the, the Vermilion's second visit they observed that Sylvia appeared extremely meek and somewhat zombified but they never told never reported anything <laughs> October 1st Diana Shoemaker their sister discovered that the girls were residing at the Banaszewskis. She visited them in an attempt to initiate uh, uh, contact. Gertrude, however, refused Diana entrance and said that she had received permission from their parents that the older daughter was not to see the girls. Okay. Um, she said, get off my property. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, Diana encountered Jenny by chance close to the home and said, uh, it asked about Sylvia and she said, Jenny said, quote, I can't tell you or I'll get into trouble. Basically, I can't tell you or else I'll get beat to 
no end and also burn in a bath or whatever else. And they'll kill my sister. They, they basically will kill Sylvia. Yeah. Um, due to the increase uh, in frequency and brutality of the torture and mistreatment that she was subjected to, Sylvia gradually became incontinent. Um, she was denied access to bathrooms. So she would just shit and piss, it, and piss herself. Yeah. Well, I mean, because she can't control it. No. And she's not allowed in the bathroom. Exactly. Um, as a form of punishment for her incontinence, on October 6th, Gertrude threw Lycans into the basement and tied her. Uh, Sylvia was often kept naked and read rarely fed uh, often deprived of water occasionally she was tied to the railing in the basement stairs with her feet barely touching the ground so she's tied to the railing on her tiptoes oh my god weeks prior to locking Sylvia in the basement Gertrude had increasingly abused and tormented lichens she would occasionally falsely claim to the children in the household that either she or or one of them had been the receipt uh, recipient of direct insults from Sylvia in the hope that this would goad them into belittling or attacking her. So basically pissing off the other girls. The mom like, would be like, Hey, Stephanie, I heard that Sylvia called you a bitch. What are you going to do about it? Go fucking punch yeah, her in the punch mouth. Punch her, do whatever you want to. On uh, other occasions, Gertrude held a knife and challenged Sylvia saying, fight me back to which Sylvia responded, responded that she didn't know how to fight. And then, um, in response to that, Gertrude, she lacerated her. With a knife. With a knife. Uh, physical and mental torment such as uh, this was occasionally stopped by the Banaszewskis to watch their favorite television shows. Neighborhood children would also uh, be charged five cents apiece to come see her body, Sylvia's body. And oh my God. humiliate, beat, and scald, burn, mutilate her. Hey, all you kids are fucked up. You want to come burn this Here's body? Here's five cents. Put this hot iron on her. Oh, my Here's God. Here's five cents. Come pour water over her head. Yeah. Throughout the period of uh, Sylvia's captivity in the basement, Gertrude would uh, restrain and gag lichens before put, putting her in a bathtub filled with scalding water and then pour salt into the wounds. I have no words. She yeah, asked. This It's awful. It's not as bad as the other one. Yeah. But it's awful. I mean, still, it's, I'm not comparing here. No. This is just, it's all around. Both of them are shitty, absolute hell things to do to someone. On, like, here on earth. Here on earth. Hell on earth. These full on. Demon people. Yes. Like, what possesses a person to be like, I don't know what possesses a person to do this to anyone or, and, or animal or anything like that. It's just, it's, Torturous. Why it, are you being? How can you? How can you torture someone? How do you look into another living creature's eyes and say, "Yeah, this is fine." Like I can't, because like <laughs> my cats, when I just put a little bit of medicine in their mouths, that they think that I'm fucking torturing them. Like, and I'm like, "You have to have this." I'm so sorry, baby. It's like you need this medicine to completely fully recover. So like chasing them around the house, like no. Like, I'm sorry. So I and I feel sad about that. So I can't even imagine like beating, beating, uh, harming, skinning, burning. I I can't lacerating. I I can't imagine any of these things uh, because my body and physical being cannot uh, fathom it or know about it. Yes, I couldn't know about that. Somebody yeah. doing that. Correct. And not be able to do something. To be like, I want to punch you in the yes, mouth. Yes, exactly. 
Um, on one occasion, Gertrude and her 12-year-old son, John Jr., rubbed urine and feces from Gertrude's one-year-old son's diaper into Sylvia's mouth. Gertrude had another child? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. She had four children. And then she took a cup of half-filled-with-water and said that that's all the water that Sylvia would get for the rest of the day. A half a cup of water. Bitch, I drink, like... After she rubbed shit in her mouth. Yes. I mean, the rubbing shit in the mouth is already disgusting, but a half a cup of water... I'm not going to say the half a cup of water is worse than rubbing shit in your mouth, but I drink a lot of water throughout the day uh, and cannot survive without drinking a lot of water throughout the day. Uh, so I cannot imagine. And when I say half a cup, I'm not thinking like, a, oh, look, this cup, half it. I'm talking like a measuring cup of a half a cup. That is a tiny amount of water. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, October 22nd, John Banaszewski tormented Sylvia by offering to allow her to be eat a bowl of soup, but only if she could eat it with her fingers. And then Sylvia tried to eat it with her fingers because she was extremely hot. malnourished. Yeah. No, she tried to eat it and he took it away because he didn't think, he was like, you can't eat soup with your fingers. And she was like, I'll I can. eat soup with my fingers. I'll do what I need to because I'm fucking starving. Um, Gertrude eventually allowed Sylvia to sleep upstairs on the condition that she had learned not to wet herself. That night, Sylvia whispered to Jenny um, secretly to give her a glass of water and then fell asleep. Um, of course, Sylvia wet herself. Because uh-huh, she's incontinent at this point. Mm-hmm. And any m- amount of water, the body's like, let's get some we, of this stuff out. We have to get the rest of the... Because your kidneys and your bladder are taking all that shit and getting rid of it. So your body has... At this point, she's got like, crystals. We need that water. we exactly. got to right now. We've got crystals in my body. So like, let's get this get it out <laughs> yeah jesus christ um so the for, for, following morning gertrude discovered that she had wet wet herself and lichens was forced to insert an empty coca-cola glass into her vagina um and then ordered to go to the basement Shortly after, Gertrude shouted at Likens to return to the kitchen and then ordered her to take off all her clothes before proclaiming, quote, you have branded my daughters and now I'm going to brand you. And she began to carve the words, I'm a prostitute and proud of it, onto Likens' abdomen with a heated needle. Ah. Uh, Gertrude got tired of it. And so then she told one of the other children that was around, Richard Dean Hobbs, to finish it. So just children are coming in and out of this house as they're fucking her own daughters. Mm-hmm. And she's perfectly okay with that. But her, this random girl that she's taking care of. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, she took Jenny to a, a, a grocery store while they finished. Um, and these other kids are like, oh, this is so fun. Yeah, this 14-year-old insisted that they were, quote, short and light etchings that he branded into her skin as she clenched her teeth and moaned. Um, Moan? She's screaming. She's not moaning. She's screaming. She might be moaning. She's severely malnourished. That's true. She's just, like, feeling something. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Um, the 14-year-old and her 10-year-old daughter, Shirley, then led Likens into the basement where they proceeded to use an anchor bolt in an attempt to uh, burn the letter S between her left breast. Um, 
they applied it backwards and it would burn a deep scar uh, that resembled a three. <laughs> um, Gertrude taunted Likens uh, by claiming she would never be able to marry due to the words carved onto her stomach stating, quote, what are you going to do now, Sylvia? Now you can't get married. What are you going to do? Sylvia replied, quote, I guess there's nothing I can do. <laughs> and this bitch is just still taking it. Mm-hmm. Later that day, Likens was forced to show the, the carvings on her stomach to the children. Um, and Gertrude said she received it at a sex party. <laughs> that night, Sylvia confided to her sister, Jenny, I don't know, I quote, I know you don't want me to die, but I'm going to die. I can tell. The following day, Gertrude woke Sylvia and forced her to write a letter as she dictated the contents, which were intended to mislead her parents into believing that their daughter had run away from the Banaszewskis. The content of the letter was intended to frame a group of anonymous local boys for extensively abusing and mutilating her, while she initially agreed to engage in sexual relations with them before they inflicted all of the abuse and torture to her. So she forced her to write a suicide note, essentially, so that she could kill her. Yeah, she was like, you tell everyone you ran away. Well, I mean, tell everyone you ran away, and then all of this happened to you, uh -huh. just in case somebody's like, discovers your discovers body. what I've done, yeah. and then I'm like, what? no, look, here's a note. Here's she a wrote note. it. She wrote it. She, that all happened, and then I, she came back, and I helped her. Oh, my God. Um, after uh, Sylvia wrote the letter, Gertrude finished formulating her plan to have John Jr. and Jenny blindfold Sylvia and take her to a wooded area nearby known as Jimmy's Forest and leave her there to die. After Sylvia finished writing the letter, uh, she was then again tied to the stair railing and offered crackers. But Sylvia said, give him the dog. I don't want it. Because she wants to die. Mm -hmm. In response, Gertrude forced the crackers into her mouth uh, before she and John, her son, beat her in the stomach. Uh, and then we come to an ultimatum. Uh, October 25th. Sylvia attempted to escape from the basement after overhearing a conversation between Gertrude and John pertaining to the plan to abandon her to die. She attempted to flee to the front door. However, her extensive injuries and general weakness, Gertrude caught her before she could escape. Sylvia was then given toast to eat, but was unable to consume food due to her extreme state of dehydration. Yeah, you're giving her crackers and toast. You have to have spit to do that. You know what you need spit to how to create spit? Water. Water. <laughs> she don't got that. Um, Gertrude forced the toast into her mouth and then struck her with a curtain rod until it was bented to a right angle. Fuck. And then Coy Hubbard, the boyfriend, boyfriend. of Stephanie, took the, cup of the curtain rod and then continued to beat her until she was unconscious. And then they dragged her to the basement. That evening... So I want to know where all those people are at now. All these, like, high school kids? Oh, you'll, you'll oh, learn. Oh, we'll learn. Okay. That evening, Sylvia attempted to alert the neighbors by screaming for help and hitting the walls of the basement with a, 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 a spade. Um, one immediate neighbor of the Banaszewskis later informed that she had heard the commotion, but she uh, she didn't decided not to inform the police. Um, on the morning of October the 26th, Sylvia was unable to speak intelligibly or correctly coordinate the movement of her limbs. Gertrude did not move Likens into the kitchen, having her propped back. She did move her upstairs um, and then put her back against the wall and attempted to feed her a donut and a glass of milk. 
She threw lichens to the floor when lichens was unable to correctly move the milk to her lips. Uh, and then she was returned to you the You beat her so many times that her body is now broken. Like, And she's so dehydrated and, and starved, starved that she that can't, she can't do these understand things. understand what she's doing. Correct. Uh, Sylvie became delirious, repeatedly moaning and mumbling. When Paul asked her to recite the alphabet, Sylvia was unable to get past four, the first four letters um, or raise herself off of the ground. In response, Paula th- threatened her or she would inflict a long jump on her. What do you mean a long jump? She I'm would... going to jump across the room onto you. <laughs> I'm not laughing because of what's happening. Because it's outlandish it's and out- stupid. stupid. And uh, I'm what... over here. I'm going to just jump on you. Sounds like fun, right? <laughs> Yeah. Stupid. Uh, Gertrude ordered Sylvia, who had shit herself, to clean it up. Mm-hmm. You're... Yeah. You're full-on jumping on the bitch, and she's incontinent. She's she's dying. She's dying. Her body's given up. Oh, I don't know. Sorry. Um, that afternoon, uh, several of Sylvia's other tormentors gathered in the basement... Uh, Sylvia moved her arms in an apparent attempt to point at the faces of the people that she recognized, recognized like, you're Ricky, you're Gertie. Um, but Gertrude would shout at her and said, you know who I am. Uh, later, Sylvia unsuccessfully attempted to bite a rotten pear that she had been given to eat, stating that she could feel the loose, looseness in her teeth. To her teeth, they're about to fall. That's how starved she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, upon hearing this, Jenny replied, quote, you, don't you remember, Sylvia? Your front tooth was knocked out when you were seven. Jenny then left Sylvia in the basement to perform gardening chores for the neighbors in hope of earning spending money. Um, in an attempt to wash uh, Sylvia, a laughing John, the son, sprayed her with a garden hose brought into the house by uh, his mother. Lichens desperately attempted to exit the basement but collapsed before she could reach the stairs. In response to the effort, Gertrude stamped on Lycan's head before standing and staring at her for several moments. Uh, Shortly after 5.30, Richard Hobbs returned to the Banaszewski residence and immediately proceeded to the basement. Who's Richard? uh, Just another guy. Another person who abuses? Yeah. It might be a boyfriend. Um, he slipped on the basement stairs and fell on the floor to be confronted with the sight, sight of Stephanie crying and hugging Sylvia's emaciated and lacerated body after she'd been ordered by her mother to clean Sylvia. Stephanie and Richard then decided to give Sylvia a warm bath and dress her in new clothes. They laid her upon a mattress in one of the bedrooms um, as Sylvia muttered her final wish that, that she wished that her daddy was there. Uh, and then Stephanie would take her home. Stephanie then turned to her younger sister, Shirley, and said, Oh, she'll be all right. Uh, when Stephanie realized that Sylvia was not breathing, she attempted to apply CPR as Gertrude repeatedly shouted at the children in the house that Sylvia was faking it. She was 16 when she died. Oh, my God. Um, um I did say... In 96 weeks of us doing this podcast, I have never teared up about something that's happened. It's really sad. It's sad. 
This is the first time on this podcast that I've ever hit a point that I've teared up on this podcast. Yeah. We talk a lot of shit about a lot of things and make jokes and have a lot of comedy about things. And we have had crying moments on this podcast before, but this is the first time that we've talked about a topic that has brought me to having tears in my eyes. Yeah. This is just, I I have no words for this. I, I, I can't make jokes. I can't do anything. Um, I, I really can't. I, I, it just, the, the amount of detail that we've gone into to discuss how much this, this person wanted, suffered, how much this person suffered and how much she wanted to continue living and what she had to live through. Um, and the fact that she recognized herself that she was, first of all, ready to die at the age of 16 and that she was, um, she knew she was going to die. Like that, that's the, the level that, uh, I think that was what got me like on that final day, essentially quote unquote, that she was here. And then the fact that these, the people who abused her, the, the siblings that abused her got to a point and said, Oh, now I'm sad about it. I only feel bad on the day that she's on the day dying. that she's dying. Cause they, they finally made the realization that everything that they had led up to caused her to be dead caused her death um this is the first story that that broke me (laughs) and like i know that we've talked about a lot of scary shit and a lot of wild shit this entire time but this is the one i mean we talked we've talked about dead babies we've talked about uh crazy uh everything underneath the sun but this is the one that somehow broke me so (laughs) It's just, it's awful. It's awful. It is. And I wrote about it until I got to this, I mean, that part. And yeah. I was like debating on whether or not I should do it. But yeah. there's people out there that go through this. Exactly. So it's important to it's know. It's a spoopy, it is a spoopy thing. So, I mean, we, we, are we obligated to talk about it? No. But <laughs> it is our podcast, so we will talk about it. But I just wanted to interject there that, like I said, in 96 weeks that we've done this, I have not hit a point where a story has brought me to tears and let me tell you these stories have been fucked up all of these stories that we've talked about have been fucked up uh since jeffrey Dahmer, Candyman, uh ted bundy uh i mean all this shit is fucked up but having this um, the emotional level that we've reached for this story is um is deep yeah it it it, it hit me deep girl <laughs> well it's just there's it feels so helpless yeah exactly Exactly. And it's just so, I don't know. Yeah. I feel very badly. Yeah. For Sylvia. Yeah. Especially since this has happened within a year. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't months. know. Months. From I know. June to October. Oh, okay. There you go. Months. I, I didn't remember the first month, but I knew that it was within. For, for Not even June. I'm sorry. July. Mm-hmm. July 4th, they stayed with them from yeah. July to October 25th. Yeah. And the fact that, like, these people, these children felt so helpless that they couldn't even talk to their own parents about the abuse that they were facing. Uh, Or these people who heard what was going on and did nothing about it. Like, that's just wild to me. Yeah. That's the part that's that's wild to me. It's going to get worse. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, at least 
Sylvia's not in pain anymore at this yeah. point. But uh, so Gertrude Branizewski initially would beat Sylvia's corpse with a book, shouting "Faker, Faker" to try to wake her up. Um, and then she panicked, and she told Richard to call the police from a nearby payphone. When the police arrived at her address at 6.30, Gertrude led them to the body, emaciated, extensively bludgeoned, mutilated, lying upon a, a soiled mattress in a bedroom, uh, before handing them a letter, the letter that she forced mm-hmm. Sylvia to write, um, and said that she had been doctoring the child for an hour before her death, having applied rubbing alcohol to liken its wounds and a futile attempt to first aid before she died. She added that Sylvia had earlier run away from the house uh, with several teenage boys before returning that er, afternoon. Um, bare, mm-hmm. naked, and clutching Beaten. this note. Yeah. Here's this note that I wrote. Here it is. I'm dying. I'm naked. I have a note. I have a note. Here, hold this note. <laughs> that uh, makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Clutching a Bible, Paula, the eldest daughter, stated that all present in the household said that Sylvia's death was meant to happen. And then she glanced at Jenny and said, if you want to live with us, Jenny, we'll treat you like our own sister. Basically, if you lie for us, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Gertrude, as Gertrude had taught Jenny, she recited the exact events of what led to Likens' death and before whispering to the officers, quote, you get me out of here and I'll tell you everything. Jenny said that? Mm-hmm. Good for her. The formal statement provided by Jenny Likens prompted officers to arrest Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie, and John on suspicions of Likens' murder within hours of the discovery. The same day, Coy Hubbard and Richard Hobbs were also arrested and charged with the same offenses. The three eldest Banaszewski children, plus Coy, were placed in the custody of a nearby juvenile detention center, and the younger Banaszewski children and Richard Hobbs were detained at the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Children's Garden Tome, all held without bail. Good. Uh, Gertrude initially denied any involvement in Sylvia's death, although by October 27th she had confessed to knowing the kids, particularly her daughter, Paula, and Coy Hubbard had physically and emotionally abused Lycan, stating that quote, Paula did most of the damage and that quote, Hubbard did a lot of the beating. So they were going to, she was going to throw her, her kids children under, <laughs> under the, the bus. bus and be like, I didn't do any of this. It was, I knew that the kids were doing this and I just like couldn't control them. Mm-hmm. Oh, bitch. Um, Gertrude further admitted to having forced Sylvia to sleep in the basement when she had wet the bed. She had become evasive when one officer stated that likely the reasons that Sylvia had become incontinent were her mental distress and injury to her kidneys. Oh my God. Lacking any remorse, Paula signed a statement admitting that she had repeatedly beaten Sylvia about the backside with her mother's police belt, also breaking her wrist on Sylvia's jaw, inflicting other acts of brutality, including pushing her down the stairs into the basement two or three times, and inflicting a black eye. Was one of the kids that said that? Mm Mm-hmm. Signed a statement that said it. Okay. John Jr. admitted to having, quote, spanked Sylvia on one occasion, adding that most of the time I used my fists to abuse her. He admitted having burned Sylvia with matches on several occasions and that his mother had repeatedly burned the children with cigarettes. So he mentioned, he's like, yeah, mom did some things too. She burns us with cigarettes too. Yeah. Um, five other children in the neighborhood who had participated in Sylvia's abuse, Michael Monroe, Randy Leppard, Darlene McGuire, Judy Dyke, Judy Duke, and Anna Sisko, 
had been arrested on April 29th. All were charged with causing injury to a person, and each was subsequently released into the custody of their parents under a subpoena to appear as witnesses. So, hey, you can get away with this if you actually testify that this shit was happening. Yeah. Didn't Uh, make it great. The autopsy revealed that she had suffered 150 separate wounds across her entire body, in addition to being extremely emaciated at the time of her death. The wounds themselves varied in location, nature, severity, and the actual stage of healing. Um, She had burns, bruises, extensive muscle and nerve damage. Her vaginal cavity was almost swollen shut. Um, The examination of the canal determined that her hymen was still intact, though. So she was a virgin. Yeah. Um, Her fingernails were broken backwards. She had layers of skin breasts uh, about her breasts face neck and knee peeled and receded um in her death throes she had evidently bitten through her lips partially severing severing them from her face so her Uh, lips weren't even attached to her face she had bitten through them because she was in so much pain while she died yeah um she was listed as having a death of a subdural hematoma due to receiving a blow to her right temple so she died of a brain damage, a hit to the head. Let me tell you. Here gets us. Ooh, we need to take a little break for that. Oh, yeah. A little break, a little break, a little break. But we'll pop um, back into it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she uh, she died of the um, blow to the head. Um, but she also died, or it was... Well, okay, that's my problem with these things is like, oh, she, the official report, oh, she died from a blow it's to the head. It's malnutrition is the real death. You, she, everything else killed her. She's been slowly dying this entire time. If she hadn't been hit in the head being malnourished, if she was fully healthy, it probably wouldn't have been a fatal blow. But or fact, she could have, um, no, keep going. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Will you clean up the little bit of vodka? Oh, I didn't see table? that. Yeah. Uh, Just afraid to ruin my table. Yeah, I'll go grab a, a little thing. Um, yeah, she also um, could have been dead for up to eight hours uh, because they couldn't determine her body temperature correctly because she had taken a, a warm bath. Yeah, she was forced into that bath. So that's what, whenever uh, Stephanie was hugging the body, I was like, uh, was she hugging the body because she realized that this person was already dead? And all this was... and. I, I remember you told me that she said something upstairs, uh, supposedly, allegedly said something upstairs, but mm-hmm. it still made me question, like, was she already dead at this point or unresponsive? And that's when Stephanie was like, oh, fuck, like she's dead. And that's why they were like, let's change her clothes and make her look so pretty now. Yeah. Now that we've killed her. Yeah. That's what my thought was. Yeah. But then you said that, that uh, Sylvia said words upstairs and I was like, I don't think she did. I don't think she did. <laughs> I mean, she could have. She I, could have. Sure. But I think that at that point, her body was already unresponsive and dead. And it was just like wild mutterings of a dead person, essentially. Yeah. Um, so December 30th, the Marion County Grant Judge uh, returned first degree murder indictments against Gertrude and the three, two of the three eldest children, Paula and John. Um, they not were, even Stephanie? No, not Stephanie. Um, they also indicted Richard Coy. Uh, um, they were all charged with having repeatedly struck, beaten, and killed, kicked, otherwise inflicting a culmination of fatal injuries to Sylvia with a premeditated malice. Um, three weeks 
prior to the indictments against the five defendants, Stephanie had been released into custody under, under a writ of habeas corpus, um, with her attorney successfully contending to the state that she had insufficient that the state had insufficient evidence to support any murder commission or culmination of fatal injuries charges against her. Stephanie waived her immunity from any potential impending prosecution while agreeing to testify against her family um, and the others charged with the abuse and murdering. So she was like, I don't need this immunity, but I'm still going to tell them, tell you guys my story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I think that if she anything, wanted to lie about it. No, if anything, S- Stephanie was the only one who felt bad. Well, she was the one who was hugging the dead body or the dead body, quote unquote, uh, and dressing her and making her feel pretty as she was dying. Yeah. Um, the trial of the five defendants lasted 17 days before the jury retired to consider its verdict. May 19th, 1966. Where are the parents? The parents have not found out their daughter's dead now? It's not important. Oh, my God. They don't care. Uh, after del- I mean, I can't say that they don't care. They're not um, very highlighted in yes. this trial sequence. Um, after deliberating for eight hours, the panel of eight men and four women found Gertrude Banaszewski guilty of first-degree murder, recommending a sense of l- sentence of life imprisonment. Paula was found of second-degree murder. Hobbs, Hubbard, and John were found of manslaughter. Upon hearing Judge Rabb pronounce the verdict, Gertrude and her children burst into tears and attempted to console each other as Hobbs and Hubbard remained impassive. May 25th, Gertrude and Paula were formally sentenced to life imprisonment. Same day, Richard and Coy and John received two to 21 years to be served in the Indiana Reformatory. And I'm sure as little white boys from Indiana were just like, oh, yeah, this is your two years. Two years on good behavior. Mm-hmm. September 1970, the Indiana Supreme Court reversed the convictions of Gertrude and Paula. Reverse them? Mm-hmm. On the basis that the judge had denied uh, denied repeatedly submitted motions by their defense uh, for a change of venue and separate t- trials. They were all tried together. And I yeah, I I do agree with that they should have been tried separately. But I don't agree of a change of venue. I don't agree with yeah, absolutely not. We're in, Um, and I don't even necessarily disagree with separate trials. Oh, I think I don't. I don't. I mean, I think everybody should get their own trial. But I don't necessarily. This is a group crime. It it was a group crime that they all committed together for this one person. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do I think that a change of venue? No, absolutely not. You should be tried jury by peers. Is the whole that is the United States Constitution that says jury by peers. Your peers are right there in that town. And that town is telling you, fuck you. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. But the Indiana Supreme Court, so it hasn't even made it to the Supreme Court. Like, United States Federal Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. It was just a state that was like, nah, this is fine. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> uh, they were also retried in 1971. Uh, this occasion, Paula was opted to plead guilty for voluntary manslaughter and rather than to face a retrial. She was sentenced to serve a term of two and 20 years imprisonment for her part. Despite twice unsuccessfully having attempted to escape from prison in 1971, she was released in 1972. Are you fucking kidding me? No. She tried to escape prison, but they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You killed someone one year in prison. It's great. Two. Two years. Two years in prison. Sorry. Um, no, I'm sorry. 1966. So, four. She, she served a little bit. And then, years. yeah. Well, I, she went to jail in 1966. Oh, okay, okay. 
Yeah, regardless. Um, Gertrude, however, was again convicted of the first-degree murder and sentenced to Good. Life. Fuck that bitch. Um, according, uh, following the course of 14 years, Gertrude became known as a model prisoner. At the Indiana Women's Prison, she worked in the prison sewing shop and was known as the den mother for younger female inmates, becoming to known to someone, uh, uh, some in the prison as the nickname of Mom. No. By the no. time that her ultimate parole in 1985, she had changed her name to Nadine Van Fossen and converted to Christianity. Uh, I told you, we talked about this episode two, Jeffrey Dahmer, the whole Christian thing in prison pisses me the fuck off. Yeah. Oh, I'm a model Christian now. Look at me. Look at all these judges that are old Republicans. You murdered like, someone. Yeah. Uh, I, but I'm just like, I'm a I'm sinner. So good You're a sinner now. too. No, so sinner. we are not the same. Well, I told. I feel like I've talked about this on the podcast in 96 weeks. Uh, my mom went to a brunch with band moms back in uh, when she was with some band moms with my sister and and brother in high school, older brother and sister in high school. Um, and there was this like super Christian, like I think she was Baptist or something like that. And they like had to hold hands and pray whenever they had their little brunch. Uh, and they started talking about like christianity and you know sinning and blah 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 and they they started talking about it specifically a gay kid that was in band and they like the this woman mentioned that like oh that's a massive sin like oh that's such a big sin my mom was like um okay but like what happens if you murder someone and like that's a sin too right and they're like oh yeah it's totally a sin and she's like okay uh so gay people and, and murdering people is like at the same level of sin. It's like, no, 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 no. Gay people don't ever repent. Like, unless they repent and get rid of their gay sin, uh, if this murderer, like, repents and whatever, they, they will definitely be up in heaven or whatever. And Mama's like, uh, I don't want, I think she said along the lines of Jeffrey Dahmer or Ted Bundy or like serial killers at the time, because this is early 2000s, so this is still like fresh in people's minds. Uh, she was like, uh, I don't want to go up to heaven if Jeffrey Dahmer's going to be up there. Uh, I'd prefer to have a, uh, this little gay boy that's in band up there in heaven with me because he's a sweetheart. Uh, so if he's, his his lifestyle is so offensive to you, uh, uh, fuck off. She got up and left the table. She was so fucking pissed off. And I think that was probably because in her mind, she saw this little like young me and was like, I have a flamboyant little boy who's definitely uh, like a little. He's gonna be there. He he's gonna be a gay boy. Uh, and we're living here in shirts. Uh, so she was like, absolutely not. I'm not having this. So she was not about that because she was in the table of like four or five band moms. Uh, and then turns out one of the band moms that was at that table later, um, she was not. I don't want to say she was part of the conversation, but she ended up having a gay son as well, who I knew from high school, uh, and her and uh, this band mom now bond over that situation. And I'm like, oh, look at that. Look at how much you've grown. <laughs> look at that. Literally. Or uh, look at where you had grown <laughs> at <Yeah>. that point. <laughs> uh, so yeah. That was just a side note. I mean... I, I don't have much more to say. They were both released. Everyone was released. Is Gertrude still alive? Do uh, we know? I don't know. Or what? what's her name now? Bertha or something? Oh, no. She died in lung of lung cancer in 1990. Fuck that bitch. Hope it hurt. I hope it hurt, too. I hope it hurt like it hurt Sylvia. Uh, Stephanie and Bertha. Not Bertha. What's the other one? Uh, Paula. Paula. Do we know anything about Jenny? Uh, I didn't read that much farther because I was done. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. I, I, I do not blame you one single bit. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I would just like to know like what 
what happened to Jenny. That can be like a little touch topic later. I mean, I'm I'm here on the Wikipedia page now, uh-huh. just because I was um, popping in. I was trying to figure out if she died too. Um, and Stephanie, I'm just uh, Mary Shelton. Who's that? <laughs> uh, mm. Oh yeah. no, Stephanie uh, is still alive and lives in Florida. Well, that makes sense. Florida's a mess. Backwards, horrible place to be. Constantly. That's where all the old people go, because they like it. Because it's hot. And also because it's just messed up. Yep. Richard, Coy, and John each served less than two years in the Indiana Reformatory before being granted parole in 1968. I have have a bit of an issue there. Which I'm not sure which direction to lead to because they were all minors. Yeah, it's, I have to ask that question. But because you do know the right from you wrong. You know the right At from 14 wrong. years old, you should know that you're not supposed to be burning etchings into someone's stomach. For someone's, for months. Besides that point, but doing this abuse for months is one thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. So that's that's my question because you and I have different ideas on punishment and and death penalty and capital punishment like because you can come from canada and canada has the idea of reformation uh i personally think that someone who's already this destructive of Mm -hmm. people's lives there's not reformation of uh uh, capable I i don't believe that there's reformation available for those people but i don't have the it's not in my conscience to say that anyone sh- I I have this Deserves say about to someone's death. I I can't. But neither did they. So that's my argument. Neither did they, and that's up to them. They're probably the same kind of person that's like, "You murdered somebody. You should be killed." Yeah. I can't say that about anybody. I understand where you're coming from, and I've said this before, but I do not agree with where you're coming from. <laughs> and that's perfectly and fair. I think that makes me a weird liberal because. Uh, I'm all about pro-choice, all, you know, everything all the way, do whatever you want to. But when it comes to death penalty, I'm like, that's a weird gray area for me. Throw them in jail forever. <laughs> yeah. Forget about them. Let them fester but the, away into gray until they are forgetting who their selves are. Which is what happened with the... Uh, with the Candyman boys, one of them died of COVID in jail here in Houston or in the Houston area. Uh, and it was just like, oh, John Wayne Gacy, not John Wayne Gacy, fuck. Wayne uh, Henley. Henley, there you go, died of COVID. Uh, it was just immediate, <laughs> immediate reaction of a serial killer. Um, Henley died of, of COVID. And it was like, all right, you're old and gray now. You did all this shit. You, that's where you said that's mm. where you've decided to be for the rest of your life. Exactly. Sucks but this sucks to suck. You the, died of COVID. The problem that a lot of Americans have, uh, and also me, kind of, is that when you look at the the jail system and these people who are in jail live a life of rent free semi-luxury and i understand that i don't want to say luxury being in jail is not luxury. it's not luxury but they get free oh sorry (laughs) they get free medical care so no matter what health conditions they've got they've got medical care uh they get three square meals a day they get uh recess we do want to uh uh, tell all of 
Americans, that these are all things that people could have. Correct. Everyone could have this if your government would figure it out. Would figure it out. out, exactly. But we haven't. But so. we can't. So the prisoners get it. The prisoners instead get it. Because it's inhumane to treat people like that. Exactly. And it's in our Bill of Rights since we started this country. Mm-hmm. So so you want to send what is it, the somebody eighth, to jail? Eighth amend, or seventh or eighth amendment that, that says uh, inhumane treatment isn't allowed. Uh, so... It's in our Bill of Rights. It says you can't do this. But at the same time, I have to question. It's like, hi, I work all the time and I'm barely scraping by for what I get. I don't even, I currently do not pay rent because of a fantastic situation for myself. Uh, So um, that's just lucky on me. But like if I was trying to pay rent on a $1,600 a month salary, I could not. And so these prisoners, it, sometimes people look at it and say being in jail is better because I'm getting fu- getting fed, I'm getting medical care, I can do what I need to do, like take me to jail, like find a way to get back into jail. And that's a cycle. And that's a problem. That's a different problem. That's a different problem. Correct. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that the justice was not served here. Uh-uh. Not one bit. Um, I understand that there are minors involved, and minors should be treated differently because some minors may not. I, I mean, thinking back, I was thinking about it today because I was thinking about the way that those two react when <laughs> I'm like, don't touch something. Yeah. Go and wash your hands. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what would I have thought at that time? And I would have been. I don't think I would have had the same reaction, but my reaction would have been just like, why? Yeah. But in the sense of I'm 14 years old, don't carve something into someone's stomach. I could have definitely been like, shouldn't do that. This is the right option. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But there's, I mean, you don't know because people who are 14, people who are 14 don't have the same reactions. And I would have had a different reaction than those two in the sense of wash your hands. Yeah. But I definitely would have been like, you told me to wash my hands, stab. Wait, what? What do you mean? (laughs) People have different reactions. Yeah. I don't know. But I think that they should have been punished harsher than they were. All of them. 100% absolutely. I don't understand why this is just left. Because that poor girl. She died. She 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 had to suffer through torture for... Months. Five months. Uh, we can't do math. Three months. Uh, from July through October. But really, mostly August to October. Exactly. Because before that, it was just like... This is normal. I'm taking care spanking. of you. I yeah. Mean, yeah, it's not great. At, and, and nobody should be subjected to it. But it's not like, you're going to die. Yeah. I agree. And by that, I mean burning your skin with cigarettes and lacerating people with knives. I don't know. That's ridiculous to me. And I, by ridiculous, I mean, like, absolutely, like, wild bullshit. I, I, I can't. Unfathomable. Yes. I wouldn't have fathomed it until I read it. And I Correct. read it. And I regret it. Correct. Correct. That's exactly my idea. Like, I, I, there's not a word for how I feel about it because there's not a word for why someone would do that. Yeah. Do you have anything lighthearted to bring to the table? No, but <laughs> I not do this have bad. And not as detailed as yours is. Uh, I do 
uh, have a topic that will bring a little bit of difference. It still involves death, so I do apologize for that because uh, I was not prepared for the <laughs> the cacophony of noise that I brought. What you brought to me. Uh, so I'm. This is not even on a month of doing like medical serial killers or anything like that. It just happened that I was looking at serial killers and this intrigued me and it happened to be a medical serial killer. Uh, so I'm going to talk about Niels Hergel. Uh, Niels Hergel is a nurse in uh, Germany, essentially. Um, what year is it? Is it not, not Germany? No, it is. Okay. This is 2000. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's Germany. Uh, Deutschland, if you will. No. Uh, no, no, no. I bumped. Okay. So, uh, Niels Hergel was born in uh, on December 30th of 1976 and raised in the coastal town of Wilhelmshaven, uh, Lower Saxony, which is a state in Germany. Coastal? Coastal. Lower what coast? Lower Saxony is the northwestern part of Germany. So, it's not lower? No. They love to say lower when the land is just not more lower. Flat. <laughs> it's just lower than it's a valley. Yeah. Yeah. It's up in the northwestern part. Okay. Um, it's one of the, it's the second largest state in Germany. It's because Bavaria. Uh, Bavaria, I think, is the first. Uh, and also, I love it whenever I took Germany in high school that it was very much like Bavaria. Fuck the Bavarians. And it was like, you have, you hate your own people in your own country. It was like, it was basically like the South of the united states they were like oh they speak so much differently blah blah and like apparently texan german is very similar to bavarian german uh where it's like some slang a little bit in there and like some twang in your german if you will like they say flugerville and then they put a p in front yeah well, there's that's a, dirty that's slang <laughs> there's a lot of words that have the p in front of like, no Flanza. No, I'm not sure about that one. But you start your lips close, Flanza. No, I don't know about that one. That that means plant in German. No. Okay. Uh, no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it means blanket. <laughs> there you go. Um, so both his grandmother and his father worked as nurses. His dad was actually stationed in the renowned hospital in Wilhelmshaven. Uh, his mother worked as a paralegal, and he also had an older sister. According to Hergo later, uh, he had uh, a sheltered and protected childhood that was not exposed to violence at home. So he was a normal child, essentially. On completing his vocational training in 1997, the uh, at the Sankt Vilhad Hospital, uh, Hergo became a nurse and continued, continued working there. Uh, he married in 2004, and the same year he also... His, I'm sorry, his wife had a daughter. Uh, I was like, he had a daughter. No, his wife had a daughter. Okay. I mean, he still had a daughter. He, his wife had a daughter and he had that daughter with his wife yes. in 2004. Anyways, so from 1999 onwards, Hergel Men was... Men have children too. Yes. I... The the terminology that I that I used was Hergel had a daughter. He did not produce a daughter. I think we could all realize that he did not physically have a child. He, uh, I'm not gonna argue with Gen Zers nowadays because there is too much going on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so, from 1999 onwards, Hergel was employed at the Oldenburg Clinic, stationed. Sounds uh, old. <laughs> there you go. 
uh, stationed in its cardiac surgery intensive care unit, Ward 211. Uh, in August of 2001, doctors and medical uh, underlies at the hospital held a meeting because they were like, hold on, something's happening. A lot of people are dying. Not good. And I'm not feeling this. Uh, and Hergel was like, oh, I'll show up for this meeting. So they discuss an unusual spike in both resuscitations and deaths occurring in the preceding months. They were like, what's going on here? Because we're... What category are we on right now? What, cate- what, 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 what category are we on right now? What category are we on right now? Anyways, so 58% of these incidences were found to have occurred while Hergel was on duty. After the meeting, <laughs> what? <Duty. laughs> Stop. <laughs> After the meeting, he called in sick for the duration of three weeks. Uh, during that time, only two patients in Ward 211 had died, which was significantly fewer than had occurred prior to his sick leave. You hear that, capitalists? Two weeks of sick two leave. Weeks. Two weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. And he was like, I'm set. And it saves murder. And he stopped killing people, yeah. Uh, So, years later, after having been apprehended by police, spoiler alert. Uh, Oh, oh my God. What happened? I'm so sorry. Uh, Hergel admitted that at the time of the meeting, he had thought that at that point he'd been found out. He was like, oh, fuck. I'm out. So, that was a major reason why he went on sick leave. He was like, no, they got me. They got me, gal. Uh, They got me, gal. Yeah. So, he was like, no, I'm out. And I, I assume during those three weeks he was planning his escape of some way, shape, or form, uh, but didn't and came back to work. He was like, oh, no one came to my house or anything like that. So back to work. <laughs> Let's get back to it, girl. <laughs> Let's get back to it. Uh, so under pressure by Ward 2-1's head physician, Hergel was transferred uh, to anesthesiology ward in 2001. Uh, soon, the anesthesiology ward's head physician became suspicious at how Hergel was frequently pres- present at emergency situations. So, surprise, these people are somehow Somebody's dying. I'm here. In anesthesia. You gave them some anesthesia to be like, oh, go to sleep. Or, like, we're slowly waking you up. Uh, <laughs> but you're dying? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Oh no! Yeah, because I remember whenever I woke up from surgery, they they, I swatted a nurse <laughs> because uh, I was gasping for air because they had, I assumed they just pulled the tube out of my throat and of course there's oh yeah you had like actual surgery I had actual I was under I'm like uh, I've been to the dentist <laughs> <laughs> no 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 I had actual surgery uh, so that like had me out out uh, and whenever they woke me up I was like. <gasps> I I can't I can't so I was like swatting at nurses because uh, I couldn't breathe um, and then they took me to the the uh, recovery ward if you will and I assume that that's probably where they had him stationed was like watch these patients see what's happening because she gave me little bits of drugs essentially because everything was in pain and they had filled my entire body with carbon gauze. dioxide what gauze uh, no no carbon dioxide no like you're a doll and you're like filled with cotton do you see how beautiful the skin is this is doll skin honey i was gonna say dead skin corpse i got called a corpse by a person who was younger than me earlier today so (laughs) well uh it felt great i wouldn't feel bad about it because they also said that one of their aunts is 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 not alive (laughs) and she is 
<laughs> and she's alive. It's fine. They also called her fat. <laughs> Stop. This... They did. Stop. Terrible. Anyways, uh, so uh, they were like life-threatening. <laughs> what? I was just seeing if it's see-through. <laughs> Life. <laughs> You're just like. <laughs> covering my face laughing uh life-threatening conditions uh for seemingly seemingly inexplicable reasons um it was suggested that he either resign uh resign his position at the clinic and continue to receive full wages for another three months or transfer to the clinic's logistic unit where he would assist moving patients throughout the hospital so he was just like not actually do anything for patients just move them around the hospital and orderly exactly um on october 10th of 2002 hergel received a reference letter issuing issued by one of the oldenburg's clinics directors of nursing uh so someone who was not really involved with him uh but like oh yeah he's a doctor so i'll give him a wreck so therein she testifies that hergel's circumspect diligence and autonomous uh work ethic all around all around yeah uh as well as uh him having acted prudently and in uh in an objectively correct manner in critical situations she also praised his devotedness and cooperative conduct uh this letter concludes with an overall assessment that hergel had completely uh uh, having completely assigned tasks to the utmost satisfaction. So she was like, gave him glowing praise across the board. Uh, ridiculous. Uh, so in December of 2002, uh, Hergel transferred to the Delmon, mm, Delmanhurst Clinic. Delmanhurst. Delmanhurst Clinic, uh, where emergencies and fatalities, mostly due to arrhythmia or sudden decreases in blood pressure, began spiking while... Hergel was on duty. Surprise! He's mm. here. He's causing problems. The murderer is here. I'm here to kill people. Uh, this led some of Hergel's co-workers to be like, yeah, yeah. Not working with him. Uh, they distanced him, themselves from him. Uh, some of them knew shit was going down, honey. They knew it. Mm. Uh, later court proceedings uh, reported that Hergel had initially been held in high regard in Delmanhurst until suspicions against him began to arise. His superiors allegedly did not act on these suspicions, even when four full... Four? Four. Four. Four entire empty vials of uh, ashmaline, uh, which is a drug, surfaced in Hergel's ward. Uh, no doctor prescribed this medicine, and this medicine is cause it, it causes spikes in your heartbeat. So basically, for someone who has a low heartbeat, it's supposed to be like a upper. It's, like, it's an upper, like pepe, get it pepe. exactly. Uh, and there was four empty vials of it on his shift. So heart attack. So heart attack. He was causing heart attacks. Um, on June twenty second of two thousand five, colleagues caught Hergel intentionally manipulating a patient's syringe pump to syringe pump, syringe syringe pump to all these German words. Just uh, they got me fucked. Uh, to improperly administer Ashmaline. Uh, the incident prompted Delmanhurst police to open an investigation into Hergel. Uh, 
Multiple co-workers of Hergel's at Delmanhurst came forward to voice their suspicions that he was behind numerous complications, resuscitations, and unexplained deaths at their hospital. So suddenly his co-workers are like, yeah, 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 Something yeah. up here. After the police arrived, they're like, oh, yeah, 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 there was some weird shit that was happening. And they were like, why didn't you talk about this sooner, bitch? Binge. Binge. Where's go- what's going on with this? Uh, so an extensive police investigation that followed uh, these uh, allegations examined all deaths at the hospital between 2003 and 2005, revealing that the number of deaths at the Delmanhurst Clinic had doubled during Hergel's employment there. So in two, two and a half years of him being there, the deaths had doubled in a <laughs> extensive care unit to begin with. So already these people are on the verge of death. And it doubled. Like, girl, something's wrong here. So in 2005, 73% of the deaths could be connected to Hergel's work schedule. So three-fourths of people who died... Do you all realize the problem? The, do we see a connection here? There's a pattern no, here. There is, there's a pattern. There's one person. Also, look at the last place. I don't know. Um, this, this instance reminded me so much of uh, Dr. Dunch... Uh, in Dallas, where it was like, if you had talked to the three or four hospitals that he had been hired prior, Previously. you would see that there was a, a issue of dead people. <laughs> murder. 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 Uh, so these findings were sub- subsequently forwarded to the Oldenburg District Attorney's Office. So in December of 2006, um, bringing forward the 2000. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, June 22nd, 2005 incident, the uh, Lang... Mm, damn it. Langericht Oldenburg, uh, which is the G- German regional court, sentenced Hergel to five years in prison and an un- uh, uh, an employment ban of equal length that w- for attempted manslaughter. For five years? Five years. Uh, because they, they, were, they weren't looking at, at this one time. They were like, we can't you trying to inject something into this person uh so okay. okay so the investigation is not fully realized fully realized here yet it's not a fully uh, realized concept correct uh so a joint plaintiff uh, appealed the verdict and a higher court subsequently reversed it so they were like no uh in june of 2008 Hergel was then given a seven and a half year prison sentence as well as lifelong employment ban so we're like okay seven years in prison uh, but you can't work as a doctor anymore or a nurse anymore. Uh, from January 2014 onward, the Oldenburg District Attorney's Office initiated another investigation into the incidences at the Dalmanhurst Clinic. In 2014, he was sentenced with three counts of murder and two counts of attempted murder. After confessing to the charges, Hergel stated that he had committed 30 additional murders. The patient's deaths were caused by Hergel's administering 90 unauthorized injections. 60 patients were successfully resuscitated from that. So he was like, there's only 30 people. I tried to kill 90 people, but, but I failed. you guys saved only 60. 30. So this is, this is on you guys. So on February 28th of 2015, the Landerecht Oldenburg sentenced Hergel to life in prison. The sentence became final in March 2015. Kind of. Hmm. Prosecutors claim Hergel acted out of boredom. 
uh, and the desire to show off that he was really good at resuscitating people. So we talked about this with the angel of death multiple times, the idea of the angel of death multiple times that is like, Oh, I want to make people feel sick so I can feel better about my skills at curing them. Exactly. Uh, Amidst, Hold on, I scrolled too far. Amidst mounting suspicion that Hergel might be responsible for further deaths, police launched a major investigation in October of 2014, after which 200 suspicious deaths were identified. <laughs> 200! Mm-hmm. Uh, from November, November 2014 onward, a special commission called Cardio, with a K, because that's how you say cardio in German, um, or spell cardio in German, uh, examined... They spelled it wrong, though. Okay. They examined further deaths during Hergel's tenure as a nurse at various places of employment. So they were like, let's look at everything he's done, uh, which good for them. Good for her. Good for her. Good for her. Uh, a total of 134 bodies in Germany, Poland, and Turkey were exhumed and autopsied. During the three-year investigation, more than 200 cases were reevaluated. The 134 exhumed bodies were distributed amongst 67 different cemeteries. In many cases, decomposition had progressed too far to be able to detect any traces of medication. 101 patients from Delmenhurst who died during Hergel's tenure could not be autopsied. As the remains had too old? been creme- cremated. Oh. <laughs> in 2015, suspected victims uh, were exhumed in Ganderkise. Uh, Gandakise uh, and Dalmanhurst. The bodies' autopsies revealed traces of heart medication. Surprise! Hmm. Uh, in 2000, uh, November of 2016, authorities said that they were able to prove 37 homicides attributed to Hergel and Dalmanhurst between December 2002 and June of 2005. According to an August 2017 statement by the director of oh stop a special commission, which is cardio, uh, the provable Oldenburg and Delmanhurst homicides were only the tip of the iceberg. Surprise, bitch. Uh, as Hergel had been sentenced to life in prison without eligibility for parole at the time, further court cases would not alter Hergel's sentence, but either find him innocent or guilty of further charges. They were like, we already got him a life sentence. But we can also find out, is he actually innocent or is he guilty? Like, we can look further, okay? As capital punishment is unconstitutional uh, in Germany, Hergel... Oh, yeah. It's very nice. Hergel's prior conviction had already entailed the maximum punishment of life without parole. On August 28th of 2017, police announced that they had concluded that Hergel was responsible for the deaths of at least 90 patients, including six for which he had already been convicted. So definitely more. Definitely more. Definitely more. Uh, 134 people were exhumed, possibly 200 people who died under his watch. Uh, So between the six that he was convicted of to the 200 200 people that died underneath his time as being a nurse. So that's a wide range. That's a pretty wide, a wide that's range. That's a pretty bu- wide berth. Yeah. So they, the police decided in 2017 that 90 people were definitely him. Um, Hergel admitted to an undisclosed number of deaths, because I guess the case is still ongoing. kind of ongoing. 
but in many cases were unable to remember specific details, although that he did not deny being responsible. So he was like, yeah. I was there. They died. That could have happened. I don't remember the details of me doing it, but could be possible. That's a a thing. Uh, So in November of 2017, a total number of victims attributed to Hergel was revised and increased to 106, with some suspicion suspicious deaths still under investigation. In G- what? Oh, in January of 2018, uh, German prosecutors charged Hergel with the murder of 97 patients and announced their intention to file charges uh, against other hospital staff who failed to act. So they were like, "Fuck all you guys who saw this happening. Uh, y'all going down with him, okay?" Prosecutors again claimed Hergel wanted to impress colleagues by reviving the patients he had previously attacked. On August 28, 2017, police said that Hergel had used five different drugs, which included Ajmaline, Sodotol, Lidocaine, Amidi- oh, damn it, Amiodarone, and Calcium Chloride. Amiodarone? <laughs> D- Amiodarone. Darone. Amiodarone. Amiodarone. No. Amiodarone? Sure. I don't care. I don't It doesn't matter. Know. I'm just... You're just fucking with me? <laughs> Amiodarone, maybe? It doesn't matter. Uh, overdoses of all of these can lead to life-threatening cardiac arrhythmia and a drop in blood pressure, causing rapid physiological de- deterioration in patients who are already ill. So any person he was already dealing with in the ICU, if you gave them any sort of shit, they're going to die. Like, there's not much you can do for them. Uh, on March 7th of 2018, the Oldenburg Labor Court sentenced Hergel to a compensatory payment of 47,000 euro in Ooh. German, euro. Oh. He had to pay $47,000. I need you to say euro. You say euro in German? Well, they're not saying it right, apparently. Anyways, uh, for two medical opinions and lawyer fees. They were like, pay us money because we're fucking tired of this shit going on. Uh, on Jan- in January uh, 2018, Oldenburg State Attorney's Office pressed charges against Hergel, accusing him of having murdered 100 patients between February 7th of 2000 and June 24th of 2005. There are four separate charges that were jointly tried. Um, the deceased were aged between 34 and 96, so he was not looking for... Anybody. He was just like, fuck. He's like, who's ready to die today? Who's sick? Who can I fuck with? Uh, yeah. The indictment said that in his position as a nurse, Hergel had killed patients by administering the following substances or medication without medical indication, which was potassium. Potassium can fuck with you real fast. Uh, Ashmaline, Sodatol, Lidocaine, and Amiodarone. <laughs> Amiodarone. Mm-hmm. Amiodarone. Ami- yeah, I don't know. Uh, the main trial in Landerecht, Oldenburg. Landerecht. 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 Why does my German accent sound better than yours? It's not. You're wrong. <laughs> it's not Landerecht because there's not an E in the... R-E-C-H-T? It's R-I-C-H-T. Landerecht. Recht. Recht. That's what I said. Recht. Landerecht. Landerecht. You're not saying it right. I am. Okay. Um, I've seen a German movie before. I studied German for years. Yeah, well, what good did that do you? <laughs> nothing. Exactly, Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the trial commenced on October 30th of 2018. Another trial. 
Um, due to the high number of people involved in the trial, there were 120 plaintiffs. <laughs> Massive. 120 plaintiffs. 120 plaintiffs. Um, it was held in a massive ballroom. Uh, I was about to say, where do they fucking do that? It's yeah, it was a ballroom. Uh, so in 2018-2019, court proceedings that spanned a total of 24 days of trial. Uh, out, of the 100, out of the 100 murder charges, Hurl confessed to 43 at the first day of trial and said that he could not recall 52 and denied his involvement in the five remaining deaths. Uh, out of the 32 witnesses present at the trial trial can you stop sorry eight testified under oath three testimonies were heard on camera four medical experts presented to the court with detailed information on the courses of the patient's diseases as well as the effects of the medication administered by hergel so they were like this person was already sick let's talk about what this medication could have done to them to cause what happened to them Let's talk about gay stuff. A, yeah. A forensic expert in testimony uh, of in testimony psychology examined the truthfulness of Hergel's testimony. He concluded that Hergel, although in principle both was capable of willing to lie or provide t- false testimony, had provided the court with truthful. That person could lie. Truthful confession. Literally anybody. Exactly. That person could be lying, but. Uh, I don't Let's think he's hear lying. Him out. Exactly. I don't. I don't think he's lying. But mm, okay. Uh, yeah. So the state's attorney's office moved for convictions in '97 uh, and acquittals in three cases. The defense saw the state of evidence to be too insufficient to convict in far more instances and moved for acquittals in '31 and murder convictions in '55 and attempted murder conviction in 14 cases. My question is why. I have to ask this question because, like, I understand justice wants to be served, but the dude is already in prison for life in prison since 2006. Yeah. No, I understand that. But this is 2017. Yeah. 2018 now. So to say you did it and we know you did it. Legally. Okay. I mean, I understand wanting you to, like, you did this for sure. I mean, I mean, he's the, in jail forever. He's in jail forever already. That's cool. But these people whose person that they ki- that he killed, they are still left a little bit like... Sure, Nothing's going to change, though. Like, no, but he got his for them, but we never got ours for him. But if you think that he did it, he's already in jail for doing it? I mean, it's it's just more of a peace of mind. Than rather than like he's gonna get it. Okay, I understand where you're coming from. Do I under do I agree with it? No, because he's already in jail. Like so, some man kills your whole family, uh-huh. but he's already killed fourteen other families, and he's being put to death. Don't you still want? him to be he's being put to death and, and when they announce it they say he's being put to death for this family this family this family but he doesn't they don't say your family's name no i mean i i guess i can't relate because it's not a situation that i have been through or will be through uh, exactly. but i know that he's already being put to death or being put in life in prison and no chance of of anything and good yes 100 percent. 
but I would still like to say justice has been served. You for did my it, family. And everybody knows you. Did I understand it. that. I do understand that. I just had to ask the question. It's like, what is already happening? Like, yeah. It. I mean, it's fine regardless. But it good came out of it, so I will allow it. Uh, on, We're all in agreement. Correct. On June 6th, 2019, the court in Oldenburg sentenced Hergel to life in prison. Uh, taking prior conviction into account, the court determined Hergel's severe guilt, uh, severe gravity of guilt. So a German legal team uh, definitely uh, significantly increased their respective sentences' severity, and they were like, you have no chance of early release after 15 years. Because in Germany on massive convictions like this they have the possibility of parole after 15 years regardless of what's happening they were like no 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 not for you uh so because they don't have capital punishment so it was no death penalty in germany uh so they were like you're you're staying here forever uh so he was found guilty on 85 separate murder charges and not guilty on 15 further murder charges uh hergel and a joint plaintiff appealed the verdict and it became final on September 11th of 2020. So like months ago uh, when the federal court of justice dismissed both appeals, they were like, no, fuck you. You're saying in, in jail. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye. Good, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Boopy do it. Goodbye. goodbye. Yeah, that's good. He did that to me last night. I was like, uh, goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> uh, a court decided that a further currently pending indictment against the four Clinicum Delmanhurst employees would be tried against Hergel's verdict, which is final. Uh, only then would he be obligated to testify at the trial against the Clinicum Delmanhurst employees, as he is currently still has the right to refuse testimony. And I said that he wishes to exert that right. So he wants to refuse testimony against other people who were involved in this. But they were like, okay, well, wait until you can't deny it anymore. And you'll show up in fucking court again. Freaking court. Yeah, sorry. We're, but I'm not a run children. So I'm fucking court. <laughs> so you have to show up for this uh, because we're telling you to. Because we want to make sure that this doesn't happen again. And we think that there were other people who saw this happening and ignored it. So, fuck them. They're also going to jail. So, let's talk about that, okay? Gay stuff. Let's talk about that gay stuff. Uh, it's not even gay. Uh, so, after the 2015 sentence, 2015 sentence uh, became valid, both the Delmanhurst Clinic, which is now the Yosef Hospital Delmanhurst, uh, and the Oldenburg Clinic said that their intention to compensate the victims of this family. They were like, oh, we're so sorry. Ten years later. Here's 20 bucks. Let's go ahead and fix this. Uh, so in July of 2015, both clinics announced their plans uh, of being the first clinics in Germany to introduce a process termed qualified necropsy, which involved another coroner. So basically when uh, one death happened, the one coroner had to look at it, and then a second coroner had to come in now a second coroner has to come and look at it. So they had to be like, this person died twice, essentially. Like, let's let's examine how this person died twice. So there were two, it, uh, introduction of a two-man rule, which aims at preventing unnatural causes of death owing to criminal actions going unnoticed. So the whole idea is like, two people looking at this, let's figure out what's happening. Because like when I worked at the uh, in the medical center working with mice, 
we whenever there was a mouse or mice that we did not need to work with anymore a mice a mice we had to kill them twice and there were way and that's what the the term was it was kill them twice so like the way that you killed them was with uh carbon dioxide gas and to suck all the air out of them essentially which is a sad thing to watch uh to begin with but it is a humane way to kill the mice for research uh and then you had to proceed in two ways you could either stab them in the heart or break their necks um that was tragic for me (laughs) yeah i wouldn't do that yeah i had to do it that's why you're so heartless that's why i'm the way i am uh and also i only worked it for seven months i didn't last very long there so (laughs) didn't work well for me did not work well Uh, i always wanted to work with plants but my mom was like no go into human genetics and human genetics is largely wrapped around mice and rats so working with mice and rats is all i would have been doing there could be a mouse at the lake and i'm wondering would you like to come up there and kill it <laughs> do we have a box that i can funnel carbon dioxide into no 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 uh well, i'm then, talking like handheld just <laughs> uh i would recommend a uh i could could break the neck because i know how to properly do that but i would not want to do it unless the mouse is already dead that was uh, the whole no. point. My my intention here is that you just go there and do it. And um, also, we don't go. Oh, so it would just mean driving up to, to the middle of nowhere, um, Texas, to yeah. kill Yeah, what are your mouse? qualifications as an exterminator? Uh, I have none. You just said you killed mouses. I, mice. <laughs> the mice. They got me, gal. <laughs> They got me. Anyways, yeah. So I'm going to give you a key. Uh-huh. How about you go this weekend? Okay. I have my weekend free now. I need you to lay in the rec room in darkness oh. with cheese on your forehead and wait. What if I just bring my kittens up there and say, go to town? No, because I want this mostly to be inflicted upon you. Oh, 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 I feel that. Okay. But what if I, like, I, hear me out. I bring the kittens upstairs, upstairs, up to the lake, uh, let the kittens do their thing. I lay out at the lake and have a great time. I just need to know that at some point during your stay, you experience distress. Well, driving up there. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Can you Egg for sales. All right. Okay. Drown, drown for just. Like I feel a like I do bit. that every time, time I get there. <laughs> I want you to get on that raft and be like, guys, 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 guys. Hold on, hold on, hold on, wait. Well, the last time I was on so, that raft, listen. <laughs> there were the last two times on that raft. Uh, the time before last was uh, I was um, sunburned all to hell. I was not. I I was uh, feeling my oats, if you will. Wink, oh, wink, yes. nudge, nudge, and I was like floating on the little thing. And the water was like up to my like lips, and I was like, "This feels wonderful." The second time uh, was Fourth of July with your family last year, and I was not feeling my oats, <laughs> and felt like death. And I swam all the way back up to the front, and I was like, "I'm going to die." And so I laid on the floor, and then your mom caught me, so, <laughs> uh, and then accused me of being an alcoholic multiple times. So <laughs> she talks about it to this day. <laughs> she still does. She does. Chris? Uh, oh, you mean the two, one who has a Two problem. drinks? Two drinks, Chris? Are you sure? I'm like, Mom, listen. <laughs> two is just... That's just two of many. That's it, There's a lot more to come, girl. <laughs> there's a lot more. I have two right now. 
There's still a little bit in that one. Why don't I'm just going to pour it in the just, other one. There you go. Grapefruit and Why lime. A little bit of mix them up. Why not? Uh, I love that. Uh, anyways, yeah, so that's the end of my podcast. Uh, I didn't know uh, that... You don't have a podcast. I mean, sorry, my segment of this podcast. Oh. But also my podcast. No. I didn't realize it was six pages. I thought it was shorter than that. I thought it was yeah. only four. We're also at almost two and a half hours. Oh, whose fault is that? Mine. <laughs> Is it, I do like. Is it I, often my no, fault? No, it's no, often it's yours. But so also, I, I do. I time. like a longer podcast sometimes. Like, especially since both these stories were good podcasts or good stories for this podcast. So, I mean, good stories is loose term. Okay. Um, interesting. They were something for people to listen to. Okay. Yeah. So, plan a road trip. Head to Indiana. No, never go there. No, don't go there, Nick. Don't, we know what don't your people do it. Are about. We we've heard you. We've heard the we things that happen to you. We know your people. We know you're kind here. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, that's our spoopy podcast. That is our spoopy podcast. I would also like to talk about our our best friends podcast. The well, let's, let's talk, talk about Gisa. Yeah, let's talk about Gay Stuff. It's an interesting podcast because they bring you the history, Mama. They it's almost tell like, you. Hold on, hold on. What do they talk about? Um, uh, gay Stuff. Sh- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gay oh, Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah okay. I was going to say engineering. Cars. For, uh, you know, but that's not it. It's, <laughs> gay, stuff. it's gay Stuff. It's yeah. Gay Stuff. It's Gay Stuff. I think it's in the title. Hear yeah, me out. Talking. It's in the title. It's talking. Ta- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Talking. That's what a podcast. So I mean, we love that. Um, you are always welcome to listen to gay stuff. They they have a segment on there where they talk about new gay stuff. Uh huh. Um, I think that some really annoying, like weird. Oh person, hag! He's like, and this comes on. He's like, oh, whippersnapper, and then talks about SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah, I want to talk about SpongeBob. And Jojo Siwa. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that would be, I think his name is uh, Chody. Oh. Uh, Chelsea? Charles. Kristen? Uh, cr- closer. Crying. Crying. That's it. Crying. And that's you, right? That's What's me on again? this podcast. Crying. I'm sorry. Yeah, crying. Crying, crying. Yeah. Um, so you could always check about at Let's Talk About Gay Stuff at Let's Talk About Gay Stuff.com. Let's Talk About Gay Stuff on Facebook and Instagram and Talk Gay Stuff on Twitter. You could also send them an email at let's talk about gay stuff at gmail.com. Yes. You can also listen to our podcast because you're already listening to to it now. Uh, that's our spoopy podcast. You are uh, currently listening. You're already here. You already made it to this point. Uh, our spoopy podcast uh, talks about all sorts of the scary stuff, and you're here, so subscribe. Might as well do it. Send us an email at rspoopypodcast at gmail.com, rspoopypodcast on Instagram, rspoopy on Twitter, and rspoop on Facebook. But we also have our sister podcast. Well, that's our Ruby podcast. Yeah, you honey. like televised drag. You like drag, honey. Honey, 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 listen. Listen, we got to <laughs> tell you about our Ruby podcast, bringing you the latest in drag race. Drag race UK. Drag race. Drag race Canada. Drag race whatever's next. So maybe Drag Race on Under. We don't. We have no idea what we're gonna end up doing hey, next. Drag Race Thailand. Drag Race uh, Mexico. Fucking Cuba. Mm-hmm. Add to it. Cuba's got a lot of drag queens. We got uh, Puerto Rico. Honestly, has enough drag queens that they can do their own drag. Next is gonna be Drag Race the Moon. Why not? Sure. Mars. 
Take drag queens to Mars. I would love to see a drag queen doing a number in zero G. Oh. Why is this going to happen? The wigs. Mama. Anyways. I've been watching Denali do uh, drag on ice, and I'm already living for it. Yeah. So. On ice in the sky. So. After listen. climbing a fucking mountain. Hear me out. <clears throat> okay. So, they release the... Uh, so, you know, when you go to the bathroom in space, your pee freezes. Mm-hmm. So, they release the pee. And then Ice the drag queen on the skates pee. on the pee uh. outside of the space station. Yes. The problem that I have with that is in zero-G, anything becomes a meteorite. So, pee would just be... Drag queen rocketing towards Earth in a spacesuit on ice pee. It just full-on flames around their body... I think we've got something. We've got something here. Anyways, that's our Rupee Podcast at our RupeePodcast.com. <laughs> our Rupee Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And send a message. Send us a minimal. Send us a minimal at our Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, we'd also like to thank our sponsor, Economy Works. They are a freelance talent network that connects professionals with project work. If you are a company that needs help writing job descriptions and conducting marketing analysis, managing your social media platforms, Economy Works has an extensive talent network of freelance professionals ready to help you do more with less. Economy Works. When we work, the the economy economy works. works! Find out more about EconomyWorks at EconomyWorks.com. That's E-C-O-N-O-M-I-W-O-R-K-S dot com. EconomyWorks. Yum. Yum. Oh, get that bass. That was good. That was good. I have hearty, rich vocals that I need to share with the people. Uh That's our spoopy podcast. <laughs> Should we tell people to uh, get, get spoopy, spoopy with it? <laughs>